live from the Drew Estate Cigar Studio in Boston, Massachusetts. Welcome to the Spare Notes series with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and William Cooper. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is once again Saturday night. Bear with me. It's been a long, uh, I had a long night and a long day, not feeling great. So I'm feeling a little bit better now, but it's just been... It's been rough, so I've saved all of the little bit of strength and energy I've had for this show tonight. So, anyway, here we are. We're back. Spare notes. It's Saturday night. Sorry, I'm not going to yell it tonight. Uh, but I am joined once again by my good friend, Mr. William Cooper of Cigar-Coop.com. William, how are you this evening? You know, Matt, first of all, I hope you feel better. Um, Thanks, buddy. Second, second. I have had a weekend of smoking some atrociously bad cigars. Uh -oh. I can just tell you, it was not a good weekend um, for cigars. And uh, so I decided, you know, wh what to do is, look, I went for a cigar. It was my number 15 cigar, and it was their number one cigar of the year. So Undercrown 10 tonight, for sure. I mean, this is... Uh, you can't go wrong with this <laughs> because That's why I, I give it cigar of the year. <laughs> I have I have had I have had some turkeys of cigars the last twenty four hours. Uh, this is what I'll just say: some really low scores have come in. So that I had a review, and you know what's worse, Matt? When you review a cigar and you have to go back and review, yes, I usually always try to at least smoke two to three. When you have to go back and smoke it again, it, it, it's 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 it's. You dread it. And unfortunately, it didn't get better when I smoked it the second and third time. But it was more than one cigar. It was more than one cigar I dealt with on this. So, uh, very rough weekend. Yeah. I mean, it. well, we're only halfway through the weekend, really. So, I mean, it, there's always time to turn it around. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, so, you can't go wrong I, with an underground 10. That's a safe bet. I went safe. Like, like 15 on mine is no slouch. Obviously, it's your cigar of the year. I, I said, this is a good pick. So, uh, give you a little love for your number one cigar tonight. So yeah, appreciate that. I'm gonna start yeah. off with uh, one of Mike G's sticks from Mike G Cigars, and then in the uh, in the second half, if I make it to it, I have the PDM Maduro Perla de Mar from JC Newman. Ooh, okay. Really good cigar. So I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start lighter, and I'm gonna go into the the darker Maduro. Yeah, that's um, smart. Yeah. We already. So everyone's here. Everyone loves spare notes. You know we have. You know, everyone's chiming in already. We already have one comment here uh, from Shadow One. Shadow One is with us tonight, just so you know. Now, I know you know who Shadow One is. Well, mm -hmm. you don't know the identity, but you know of Shadow One. Uh, okay. And that first question is, when Coop gets his sponge bath from Booby NPC. I can't read it. <laughs> when, Coop, when Coop gets his sponge bath from Boofy at PCA, what products and scents should be used? Uh, you know, lavender is always a safe choice. We discussed this. Look where the Room 101 13th anniversary story went to. Hmm. Mm. It ain't going to be a sponge bath. Mm. <laughs> it ain't happening. The mm. criteria was laid out very clearly on that. And, and by the way, the big payback. So uh, go give Mac and give a sponge bath to Dave Savona. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I'm sure There's Shadow One's not going to like that answer, but I'm, I'm sure Shadow <laughs> One will have a lot more to say. Uh Mike's with us. Mark's with us. Jay Davis is with us. Um, we're only thing. We only the only person that's not with us, and I'm waiting on is Fake Alan Rubin. Um, so that's so the only. What, are you? Are you? You said you weren't feeling good. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Are you like torture yourself? 
It, it's not a torture to me, though. It's a torture for you. <laughs> so it doesn't really... I ignore him. <laughs> it's easy. You Nicole's here, he too. Goes... I'm sorry. It doesn't I... go away, but you ignore him. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it's Nicole said, I'm here. It's fine. I, did, I, I didn't see her yet, so I didn't know she actually was. So Nicole is here, too. Uh-huh. I'll pop that up so everyone knows. Nicole is here. Nicole is watching go. along. Nicole thought about jumping in tonight, but it's been a long day for her. So she was like, I'm just going to sit this one out, but I will be in the now- comments. No, like Nicole is very welcome. <laughs> that... <laughs> uh, Jay Davis, the Sponge Bath is sponsored by General Cigar. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, go get it with Justin. Justin can have the Sponge Bath. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. So I can't – it's funny. I have something I want to say, but I can't I can't talk about it on the air because uh, you, you, you know what it is, but – it's, you can't keep a secret. That, it's I, I, I can't. I can't. But it's, <laughs> you love doing this. <laughs> this is. I'm just really excited. You know, it's, it's a big deal. Um, no, but it's funny. So I have an idea. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you after. But you're gonna love it when I tell you. <laughs> you're gonna be like, you gotta do it. Uh, it's, it's great. I thought of it, and Nicole was like, she didn't say no when I floated her the idea. So I'm like, eh, I'm gonna do it then. So, <laughs> um, but anyway, so it is spare notes. This is spare notes. It, technically, this is still uh, episode twenty. It's part two of episode twenty. So uh, it's PCA pregame coverage show. Uh, but you know, we'll get into some other things too. But the primary theme, you know, the two shows in June were being, you know, two part PCA pregame. Uh, you know, we, we kind of started getting into the basics last time. We talked about, you know, people coming back and people who are still not going to be there or people who bowed out this year. Um, what products we've already heard about that were announced for, like, exclusives or just things that were debuting at the show. Um, so, and of course, you know, then that and that always continues to grow you know, on a daily basis. So since, you know, two weeks ago when we were last year, uh, one of the things we talked about was uh, Ferry Otego's uh, limited lines of the, the Elegancia and the Generoso. We were talking, like, hey, like we think we're probably going to see that. And then sure enough, this week, you know, we got the press release, you know, from Ferry Otego that they are coming back. Same cigars, same blends, and I believe same size, right? I think it's the exact same thing uh, just for 2022. Um, so we now have confirmation that they they are coming. Um, so those, those are a thing. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that have been announced that will be making their debut. Crowned Heads announced that the... Um, I think I'm. I hope I'm saying this right. I think I'm saying it right. The La Patissier, is that how you say it? La Patissier, yep. Yes. Is going right. Yep. That's going to be a regular production that will debut with the show. So last year, at PCA 2021, that came out as a show exclusive, but it grew such a cult following that they were like, you know, we're going to put this into production. So that will be a regular production line, and you will first see it at PCA in a couple of weeks. Um, what's another one? Foundation Cigar you know, has made a couple of announcements. Matt. Matt, one point on that one is interesting. Mm. A couple of us in the media talked about that release last year, the Lipet SCA. Mm-hmm. And we all felt, I'm not saying we all, several of us felt that that cigar was a little lacking in the Lonsdale size that they released. And we all kind of had this intuition that it would smoke better in bigger ring gauges. Yep. And that's what they did. Yep. It's kind of interesting. And the press release actually said some of that. I don't think they heard us say that, though. I think it was something we said privately that we thought it was something that it needed to be a bigger ring. It was kind of an interesting thing, is all I'm saying. That when we saw the press release on that, it was like, hmm, they brought back all bigger ring ranges on that, yeah. 
you know, and this is a great example, and I'm just going to touch on this really lightly and quickly. This is a good example of why, you know, we always talk about, you know, sizes being, you know, the the, 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 the pun of, like, the size matter. In cigars, yeah. size does matter because, you know, when it comes to sizes, you're talking about, you know, you'll talk about a, a particular cigar with a particular blend and makeup, right? But they're all going to use different amounts of tobaccos in different ratios because of that size. You know, the length, the ring gauge, you know, like a, like a Lancero. You know, being much thinner, there's a lot less tobaccos in it. And you have a 6x60, there's a lot more tobaccos in it. So it's the same, like, you know, it's the same line, but it, they all are different. So that's why, like, you know, some people are like, I like the Robusto better. And then some people are like, well, I kind of like the, the Corona better. You know, and, and this is why, you know, you, you see something yeah. like this and it's like, oh, I didn't really smoke that well. Then they change the size. It's way better now. So, yep. or, well, we haven't smoked it. So, but hopefully it will be. So, um, it's funny. We I'm trying to back up here in the comments. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Alan Rubin, Alan Rubin, Alan Rubin, like Beetlejuice from Jay Davis. Um, uh, according to Dojo, the PCA is dead and won't last, but he is rooting for us. I didn't uh, hear that. I, I don't know the details of that. I didn't hear oh, that maybe, maybe it was on my show. No, I shouldn't have said. There was a little bit of it on our show, I think, when we had him on, maybe. so. We're going to circle back to that. I'm trying to we'll circle back to that. I don't want to say he... I, I need to reinterpret. It. I'm getting old. In my old age, I forget stuff. So yeah, we know. Was, yeah. yeah, we know you're yeah. old. Uh. Yeah. You go, I'm sorry. I cut you off. You were going to be talking about foundation. So no, no, hold uh, on. So it's I know we're we were very excited. There's a whole lot to cover here. Uh, I was looking for this one comment. Jay Davis, Le Petitier is a good cigar, but has hundreds of construction issues. They need to fix them first. Well, hopefully with this new this new batch that's coming out, hopefully they may, maybe they have. We'll, we'll have to see. Uh, yeah. Um, the shadow shadow one. Well, this person's comments are even more direct than mine oh, i think he's referring to the spam messages on the youtube channel i don't think everyone can see um, the, the, the naked hd uh, cheap sex yeah you can see it but they can't if you're watching <laughs> if you're watching on facebook and, and and linkedin and everywhere else you can't see it but on on yeah, youtube yeah. it's there uh nicole trust me i know size matters matthew yeah i know she yeah, she knows, she knows very well she knows she very does. well she does. She she does. She's very happy. So, Mark, uh, Nicole, Patrice. Uh, oh yeah. Well, all right. So anyway, let's get away from that. Um, that's, <laughs> that, that's that's our business. That's, no one else needs to know that. I mean, it's, it's all it's all good, but it's still private. <laughs> um, but you know, so yeah. The next thing I was gonna say is found, foundation made some announcements too. Uh, I, just, I put up one of them today was the um. The uh, Egypt the Egyptian themed cigar that they're doing with High High Clear Castle. You saw that the, the yeah. Solomons. Uh, yep. That's sounds really. I'm really interested in that. I'm actually really curious to see how that is. Um, yeah, I, I don't know I, if you, you read about that, right? Yeah, uh, I guess you know there's a connection with the uh, the Oral Canavan, uh family in that the, that family was involved in the discovery of King Tut's tomb 100 years ago. Yep, and they're commemorating the occasion. And uh, I thought it was a very interesting release. Thirty three dollars. Uh, which is kind of a little mind-boggling, given this particular year. But um, you know, at some point, Nick was going to have a an ultra premium cigar. I knew that, and it, this is going to be it. Yeah. So, and you know, Nick, you know, I, I haven't smoked a lot of Foundation as of lately. Not out of any negativity it just you know how it goes you, you just there's, there's a lot of cigars out there but you know in the yeah. past when i've had foundation i've always been very happy he does a really great job uh so i this one i'm really excited about i'm really excited to see um you know i, I just it's just really intriguing to me um 
And I know that yeah. he'll be coming back to the show this year too. So we'll get to see that it, it'll be debuting at the show. Nick will be there. Foundation will be there. So we'll we'll get some coverage on that too. I I, I think yeah, and I think it's if you're gonna put again to kind of not to dwell too much on the expensive of the cigar, Hika Castle is it's a brand on the foundation. It is a more premium one. It makes yes. sense. It would go under that one. So and he'll sell those cigars. There's no he will sell those cigars for sure. So. Um, but it is interesting with this, with kind of inflation and stuff that, you know, you know, it probably was, he probably had this plan for a year or a couple of years, given it was the anniversary and then right. we have, uh, you know, inflation and stuff hit, unfortunately. So we'll see. Yeah. Jay Davis, we can't keep their broadleaf and infused in stock. Other lines move slower. Uh, interesting. And this is why I always like talking to retailers and we talked about, and Dan Thompson is with us tonight. Uh, and it's funny on, on the smoking tobacco show this week, we talked to Dan about, you know, how it's interesting how certain cigars, not just like brand-wise, but even like specific lines, um, you know, perform so differently in different parts of the country. You know, you could have Cigar A in the Southeast region, and that is a monster. That same cigar, you know, in all of the West Coast is a dud. No one buys we, it. We, we see this so much in Charlotte. I mean, for a long time, the Casada Oktoberfest, like those cigars would go like hotcakes in Charlotte. But they were very easy to get in other parts of the country. So they'd sell out quickly here. And then, you know, you'd have to start calling other shops or going to other cities or, you know, to get them. But it, it is interesting. That cigar just always sold well down here. Yeah. So it's no doubt. Yeah. It, it, and it's, it, it really is. It's interesting. You look at demographics and buying patterns and all these other variables and the way that certain cigars move. And, and I talk, you know, you know, I talk to Carney about it all the time. You know, Carney, you know, oversees LFD and. You know, he knows what they're selling and stuff, and, and, and it's it's interesting, you know, it, what sells and what doesn't, and um, and, somet and sometimes it changes, too. You know, sometimes a cigar, you know, will go to a certain market, and maybe it's just the way it's represented or whatever. I don't know. But then all of a sudden, it'll go from being a dud, and then it'll it'll transition. Into, or you know, what, you know what happens a lot of times, too? And I know you know this is true. Sometimes, let's say, you know, Cigar, cigar A in that West Coast region not performing well. Then all of a sudden, oh, let's introduce like a new size or, oh, let's introduce it in uh, like a Habano or a Maduro. Right. And then all of a sudden, oh, now it's off the charts. And like yeah. now all of a sudden it's discovered and everyone wants it. And, and it's, it's funny how it changes like that. Um, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, uh, if that, you want, yeah, it, it is. You're 100% right. Uh, we are live in Italy right now. We have um, we have fans in Italy watching with us right now. Ciao. Go. Yeah, yeah, ciao. Um, yeah. Thank you for watching. Jay Davis, I still have Oktoberfest from 2015 and 2016 almost out. Though, That's though the, almost and out. I've, heard, I've heard many stories about that, yeah. 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 By the way, if you want to have cigars sit on the shelf in Charlotte, just release a Lancero. And this is not me. Just go ask your retailers here in Charlotte. Those Lanceros just do not move in this market. Yeah, you know, and I, I've, ta I've, talked to, I've talked to David Garofalo about it, you know, who owns Twins, uh, Twins Two Guys Smoke Shop. Right, you know, in New Hampshire, he's got three locations right on the border. Uh, right. Everyone knows two guys and Dave and the Cigar Authority, and he's a, you know, and and he also has had that reputation. Well, Dave hates Lanceros, and, and Dave will tell you, and you're like, hey, like Lanceros don't move, <laughs> you know. It's the, the you go into Two Guys Smoke Shop, and you won't see a lot of Lanceros. Uh, now I know that this came up on the Cigar Authority not too long ago. I think um, I think it was Jonathan who said it. Um, in regards to the Aladino Lancero, I think I think they said that one actually moves very well because it's priced very aggressively compared to the rest of the line. Yeah. Um. So, and it, by the way, it, it, Aladino makes a hell of a Lancero. So everything they, they do. Make is uh, awesome. I mean, uh, um, you know, the Aladino Vintage Vintage Reserve, 
I, I wasn't a huge fan of that cigar, but okay, there's a great example where I love it in the Lancero. Right. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's it, I like I like having those conversations with 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 people. You ask them, hey, yeah. so like, what's moving, what's not, and, and then you ask about the Lanceros. And I talked to Nick Perdomo about it, and he's like, he's like, look, people ask me to make them all the time. He goes, but you know, like you bake them, and then no one buys them because you know yeah. they they take one or two out of the box, and then that's it, and then they're done, and then the box sits there, and you wait for the next Lancero guy to come in. So, um, yeah. it's not a lot of Lanceros coming out at the show this year, if you notice. No, more Lonsdales, much more Lonsdales this year. Hmm. I agree. So thank, yeah, it just seems like Lonsdale is a hot size this year for whatever reason. I would say in the last two years, it's been getting some steam. I'm seeing more of them, or in, in the ones yeah. that are in the ones that were out, I, I'm hearing a lot of you know critical acclaim, you know, from from the other people in the media that you know we know uh, people you know, hear yeah. about. Oh, I tried, I tried, I tried. Oh, the Lonsdale. Oh my God, I hear that that whole phrasing. Oh, have you had the Lonsdale? Oh, the Lonsdale's the best. A lot. Just and then you know McAuliffe came out with their uh, Magdalia Special Edition, which was not really a Lonsdale. It was more it did dinkles at a Lonsdrace. Um, but that's a five by forty. Yeah, that's more of a uh, Lonsdrace is the size. Yes, like a five by forty. Yeah. But I think you're starting to see smaller cigars get more popular here. We, we, a couple of years ago, it was all about you know the the sixty ring gauge and you know the the fatter the fatter Toros and stuff. I think now I mean, I've the conversations I have and what I see. Smaller cigars are getting hot again, um, and it's it, interesting. It, it is interesting, but there's a few companies going for bigger cigars this year. So Alec Bradley, they have the Project 47x70s coming out. Uh, E.P. Carrillo is adding a new blend to the inch line this year. So they, I don't think it's quite dead. Asylum's going to have the Asylum 10, if I can ever get information on what that cigar's going to be. But um, So, yeah, it, I think... But you're right. I think there is something with some smaller sizes, and I think it's coming down to it's a smart move because one is you guys in the Northeast have the winter months, so smaller cigars are a little more conducive if you're smoking outside. Right. But I think the other thing is is the whole inflation thing that you know smaller cigars you can get something a little more affordable with right. that, and you just maybe smoking a little less time. Yeah. Jay brought up a good one, um, and this is a brand that we've been seeing get a lot more attention in the last couple of years. Uh, Jake Wyatt is releasing all of their limited Lanceros as regular production now. Um, yeah. Which is true. I, but I think that's one of it's the on, only it, that, Lancero that on stories Coop. I've seen. Yeah, that was on Coop. Um, they, but they came out with those last year. Now they're just putting it as regular production. Uh, yeah, I mean, but I, that Jake Wyatt's kind of a company that they're very – they do some of these artists and sizes and blends. I, I, you know, I, I think it makes sense for them to do it given that model. I, I don't think people – I mean, I'll be surprised if retailers are clamoring with orders with that, to be honest with you. But, you know. I, I was down I was down in the Carolinas in, back in October, and I went into uh, Tinderbox Myrtle Beach, and they actually carried um, uh, Jake Wyatt. And they even yeah, had – and they had uh, – shout out to Chris down there. Uh, and they had a – they had the um, I don't know what he calls them, but they're like the BBMF looking, the Solomons with the mop top. Yep, yep. Uh, they had those, and like I think multiple variations. So, um, starting to see his stuff around too, which is they've nice. Wor- they've they've worked very closely with Tinderbox. I know educating their staff and stuff like that how to sell that line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Jarrah was in town uh, in Charlotte uh, right when I right after I had him on the show. He was in town with with 
because uh, they have Tinderbox has stores here in Charlotte. It's the same owner of the franchises. And uh, they spent a lot of time with, with the staff. I know just because that's a very di- Tinderbox is very much your Monte Cristo, Macanudo. Uh, you know, it's your basics there. So them going in and kind of selling Jake Wyatt, um, it's different. But I know they very much support Jake Wyatt because they've supported the trade show. And they are retail, you know, Jake Wyatt, the guys who own it, retailers to begin with, too. So, you know, I think there's a good, you know, there's a good synergy there. Yeah, I um, I also really like the lithium line that they have too, which is I do, really great. Good, good affordable price. It's a good everyday cigar lithium. Um, I, I call it, it's like an everyday cigar in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean I don't think it's as sophisticated as some of the gourmet collection stuff, but but it is good. It is good. It is good. Yeah. And I know that he had some issues tweaking it in the beginning, and uh, he had to make a couple of changes. But you know, the last few that I had, like I. You know, I uh, I had some when I was at TPE. I saw yeah. Gerard at TPE. Cause I know Gerard pretty well, um, and he and he. It was like the first first uh, the uh, pre hour of the first day yeah. of TPE, and he and he was like, "Hey, you want a cigar?" I was like, "Yeah." And he he gave me one of the the new lithiums, and I was remember smoking. I was like, "Fuck, this is good. This is good. Yeah. I like this." Uh, yeah, I, I think know I smoked that. Going... I smoked that thing down to the nub. It was great. Yeah, I know. Like. We missed Jake Wyatt last year, booth-wise. We hate when it happens. So I know this year we we have a point that they're not getting missed this year. So because uh, the whole team's very uh, the whole team's pretty much high on them. Oh yeah, as a company, yeah. So yeah, shout out to those guys. They're doing a great job. They uh, really are. Good cigars, good people. Yeah. Is El Septimo coming to the show this year? Yeah, but they've been quiet, haven't they? They've been very quiet. But they are on the show. Yeah, normally you hear something. Yeah, that's why um, I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure they're going, but they've no noise. And it and it's funny because, you know, Zaya's a very like loud post. You know, not uh, what's what am I looking for? You know, real self-promoting yeah. and really getting the word. You know, really like, hey, we're coming. We yeah. got the it, like a nothing from them. I I don't think they should release anything at the show this year. I mean, I think they're a company that shouldn't release something. They really should just focus on on penetrating the market this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll have maybe they maybe you bring like one LE cigar or something like that, but I wouldn't. I think they have enough core line stuff. Uh, I I managed to smoke some of the stuff down at Corona, cigar who carries them. So, um, you know, it's definitely uh, worth a shot. to give the company a shot. I think they have some decent blends in there. Oh, here we go. Here's Jay Davis is with us. As many of you who don't know, Jay is uh, on the board at the PCA, so he, he is the the knows the haps. What's going on? Uh, yes, El Septimo is coming, and yes, they have boxes. I actually got invited to a dinner from them. I never get dinner invites. Hmm, well, 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 this year, dinner invites and after-hours sponsored uh, cocktail receptions, they're like nothing this year. I mean, mm-hmm. this is there's a, there's something coming on Coop tomorrow that's going to be talking about that because it's been very – like normally we have about – we're already turning stuff down, like whether it's a cocktail reception – uh, or dinner, and we actually have, we actually have some open nights this year, which is going to be interesting. Unless something changes. Yeah, I um I have one dinner planned so far, I think. Yeah, and I I well technically I have two because I I'm doing at least one with LFD. Um, we have one. Um, oh, we have one, but it's. It's a little different. It's not like we're going with the company. It's kind of more of a sponsored thing. What happened? So it's a little different thing. Yeah. Um. 
Jay Davis. El Septimo's Lancero from Sacred Arts is good. The Belly is really good. I've heard a lot of good things about Sacred Arts. I've pretty much smoked through their core line. Um, you just take the price out of it because I know everyone goes, well, the yeah. price. Just take the price out of it for a minute. Let's just talk about the tobacco and the cigar, right? Yeah. Uh, most of them are pretty good. If you're not thinking about the price, um, I don't know all the names, but I know in the Diamond Collection there's the white band with the orange logo in it. That one's probably my favorite. Um... The the yellow band is good. The green band's okay. The blue band's okay. The orange band, the La Bomba's really good. Um, I haven't gone through the Sacred Arts collection though, but I, that's that's next on my list. And Nicole chimed in here, maybe cutting costs, uh, which is true. Travel yeah, is more expensive. Yeah, the article I talk about tomorrow. Yeah, the article I talk about mentions that and the fact that it continues to get harder to get a venue to smoke at. Uh, even the outdoor venues are feeling a little pressure right now. So it's a combination. We were actually approached to host an event at the media house. We had to turn it down because we just can't have a lot of people there. Right. Um, because people were having trouble getting venues because of the smoking. But I think Nicole, the article I, I have tomorrow, it's in my pregame report. It mentions exactly that reason. I think that some of the, they've had to cut some costs this year. Other costs have gone up with travel and stuff, and I think it's a big part of that. Jay Davis, yeah, no Ashton dinners again. Um, <clears throat> so Ashton yeah, is kind of. We're hoping dinner. Ashton has a boost this year. I mean, a real boost this year. It sounds like are. Andy Green. Andy Green said that they will be. Yeah, um, yeah. I think, like most people, uh, good guy. Andy's a good was, guy, man. I like Andy. Good guy. Yeah, Andy is cool. Yeah. He's a good yeah. guy. He was on the show not too long ago. We're looking forward to yeah. seeing him and Ashton. Yeah. The show. Um, yeah. I don't think they have anything new that they're showcasing. They're going to focus more on the um. Uh, the La Roma, the Passion. Yeah, they're gonna. Yeah. I think uh, yeah. they, when they, I had my conversation, it was they're gonna more focus on that as their newest thing. Even though it was they should, they should. I mean, they don't. They're not a company that comes out with something every year. So, well, they're uh, a company that doesn't no. really need to. No, they don't need to. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Th th there's that. Um, I think LFD. LFD, I think, is doing some dinners because I've been talking to John about scheduling on stuff. Um. They also, yeah. you know, fun fact, you know, you know, I was talking to John and uh, I said, hey, listen, I go, I, I just want to make sure I said, I know that we'll always have time to do whatever. But I said, I just want to make sure I lock you in for something because I know it'll get busy. And when I was making my show appointments and he was like, you know, it's funny. No other media has asked me about show appointments yet. And yeah. He goes, so he goes, um, it's kind of disappointing. He's like, so if people are just going to show up and we're busy, then we're just going to be like, well, uh, you'll have to wait or come back. Because, you know, we, we like appointments. Some some manufacturers, they're like, hey, we don't really do them. We just tell you to come by. You know, they I think LFD, they, they prefer them because they yep. anticipate a lot of traffic and they are going to be busy. They want to manage their time correctly. Uh, so mm -hmm. that'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Yeah. Uh, in fact, in fact, uh, after you told me that, I did reach out. I got an appointment with John. Uh, we are moving away from appointments, because, and, and there's a lot of reasons for that. But it's because we can't get to enough booths sometimes. Hmm. Um and we've had to be so but anyone who asks us to make an appointment we will mm -hmm. uh so but typically i can tell you typically there's usually a call for that right who like the problem we have is like i know john and I, it probably was easy for me to just just mention to him passing and i didn't right but some companies you know they use calendar calendary or whatever it is some have a particular person mm. doing it yeah so it's a little it's a little tricky but last year we i think we booked too many appointments and frankly we spent time at certain booths we shouldn't have like I mean, wait just, like waiting for your appointment or yeah or even just like not a half hour was too much time like like why are we booking a half hour here yeah so uh so 
So yeah, we we but anyone who asks for an appointment or I know has done appointments in the past, we'll, we'll go that route. It's not like I'm 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 buck I'm bucking the system, but we there are some companies that don't do it. We need to be agile on that. So for us, it's more of like I book appointments with the people that number one, I definitely want to make sure I cover people who right. I know have big news, big stuff to show. Uh, that is going to take some time. They're going to have a lot of traffic. And I want to make sure I guarantee my time. But not everyone's getting an appointment. Like the little guys, uh, I probably won't give them an appointment because, and it's no, it's you know, it's like this. It's, it's the big names, right? And I'll just, yeah. I'll just come out and say it. The big names, especially the big names that got multiple things coming out, or people like LFD, United, McAuliffe that haven't been there in a few years. Yeah, like they're getting an appointment over some of the people who who've still been there, and maybe they have nothing new coming out because I want to make sure I cover because there's going to be a lot more. Uh, demand for them, and I want to make sure I guarantee that I can get in there because when you're just waiting to get into a busy booth, it, you're wasting t- a lot of time sometimes. Yeah, so yeah. I want to make sure, like, I go 10 o'clock, I'm in, I'm out, and then I can go and I can grab some other stuff that's easier to grab, and I can yeah. and they fill it in. And okay, I got another appointment, I go over there and do that. It's all about your strategy yeah. uh, with the show floor because there's a lot of booths, there's a lot to cover, and you're never yeah. going to get to every single booth. So you have to try and figure out, like, you can't do appointments for everybody. Although you shouldn't, right. although I, I also think that you shouldn't go in there with absolutely nothing on the book because that's not smart either because there are some that you should have appointments for and then there's a lot that you don't really need appointments for. Um, right. And I think that's the best strategy as media when you're covering the trade show floor. Uh, yeah, we, we've I, I seen agree. That, we've I, seen I, that multiple times. Yeah, I agree with you basically. I think we're in concurrence on that. I actually try to avoid a lot of appointments on day one as well. Because that's there's true certain there's certain things that i want to do like cigar coops not all video coverage so there are certain things i'm trying to see on day one of the show that i want to report on on that day even if we're not doing the formal boost visit like you know i think there's a few cigars in mind already uh, obviously some of the fuente stuff's going to be in there the fuente padron will be in it so there's certain things i don't want to have an appointment for uh on day one like like you, like one year I made the mistake. I gave a day one appointment to someone when the show opened, and it was a company I should have never did it with. Great company and everything, but I regretted it because I took I took a lot of valuable time away from what from what we do. So, because the written piece ultimately is what what is the driver, at least on what I do. Other other people they're more video focused. I get that, but what we do is is the written piece, and I can get something out that day. So. Yeah, you know, and, f- and for us, you know, we're going to be doing a lot more written pieces in addition to all of our video, too. So um, I went into my strategy picking very specific companies that I wanted to make sure I covered right away. Yeah. And then after that, it was not like a process of priority, but it kind of, because I know that there's certain ones that, you know, they're going to have a lot more, you know, uh, build up to them, a lot more hype. Uh, that people are waiting to hear. So yeah, um, yeah, I think that, and occasionally though you get like a boost visit that just goes off the charts, but it's something viral happens on it, and that for last year for us happened to be All Saints cigars. Like yeah. our boost visit was went viral because Bear and Mickey did this bear hug in the booth, and it caught on. So so yeah, go you know sometimes you get that moment too. You never know. Yeah, I mean. You know, another booth that, you know, I made sure I, I made a lot of time for was United because the thing about United is I that there's, yeah. there's not just a United booth. You have a moderate-sized booth for all of the United products, but then technically connected because it's distributed by United, but on its own booth, 
is Selected Tobacco. Right. Which is out of a Byron Bandolero. And from what I understand, we will be seeing the new Alfonso line mm-hmm. um, yep. from from Selected Tobacco. Nelson Alfonso will be there. I was talking to David Garofalo, and he was talking about, you know, talking to Nelson about, you know, the trade show. And I, you know, they had, a, I think he said previously, they had a 16 booth or a 16 plate, whatever they call it, the size of their booth. It's like 16 spots, yeah. right? And for this year, it's Nelson made a whole new booth, and it's 20 spots. So it's even bigger this year. And they have a lot of stuff. On the United side, you know, Adobe, Byron, Bandolero, Alfonso, um, that stuff is obviously, um, you know, you always want to cover that, and that's a big booth. So th- there's just a lot going on there. And they weren't there last year, so I want to make sure we really cover that. And that's like one of the ones that I'm like, I need a lot of time there, and I want to make sure I have the time because they are going to be busy. Yeah. Um, that that's one. Uh, LFD has a couple of new things coming out at the show this year. John's already talked about. It. We know the Soleil is coming out. Uh, we will see it at the show. Um, that's one. McAuliffe has, you know, Dan was on the show this week. They have nine new cigars they're introducing. Um, well, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean. Yeah, they have they have. I think a lot of them are packaged together. Yeah, I so, I, I, and I I'm trying to I'm trying to create a hype here, and you're just like. Well, well Andy spilled <laughs> some beans. Andy was on our, our virtual trade expo and spilled some beans late that night, so we got a little more out of Andy as well, but not a lot more out of Andy. All right, but uh, but yeah, it was a little. I know that part, and then I, you know, Andy bounced around, but he did announce the little A's going regular production. Yes, on our show. Yes, so. yes. And yeah. uh, Dan, Dan had teased very lightly that they have something, they have uh, some sort of other surprise in their booth this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that they're not talking much about. So uh, you know, I, I think just, it's great that I think. Look, we had Andy on. You had Dan on. Yeah, I got an impression from Andy, and I'm and I and I kind of heard a little bit with Dan. There's a renewed enthusiasm from McAuliffe to be back at the show. They had their reasons a few years ago why they, they, they stepped away. But you can see the enthusiasm's there, I mean, for sure. They're very excited. So I think it's great for them. Rakesh Robbie from YouTube chimed in. United, how about that? I forgot about this one. The Byron 1850 also coming out of the show this year. And the Alfonso coming out this is, year. Is that confirmed the Byron 1850's coming out? That's a good question. I, I've, yeah, heard, I, I've, I've heard I, about I, it. I think it. Yeah. I think he may be right, actually. Um, I just don't think they've formally announced anything yet with it. I think Dave might have spilled the beans on it. But let me tell you, United, if you're a media person and you're not covering what United is doing this year, I think you're missing the boat. I mean, because they're they're going in with a strategy with this trade show. I mean, and they are are bringing stuff to the trade show. Look, I think the big thing is – they're folk. They have. They're gonna be cornering this under ten dollar market this year with what they're bringing in. Oh, and they got their premium stuff too coming out. The red anchors. The Bi- yeah, yeah. Byron eighteen fifty. They they have got it together right. Oliver's got it. Got everything going very well together this year. And Jay asks, how big is United Matthew Tobago? I only see one or two stores in Dallas. Bigger footprint in New England. Obviously, yeah, they're very big up here because this is where they're it, based out of. But big. I mean, Coop. I mean, down in the Carolinas. I mean, what do you see for United? Uh, yeah, they're, they're in some of the higher-end stores in the Carolinas. They're, they're in Corona in Florida. Uh, they're big in the Midwest and in Arizona. Yep. So I know, like, we have Aaron Nielsen, who's based in Illinois. That The brand does very well in Illinois. There's a, there's a lounge there, too. The lounge there, yeah. 
Uh, it does very well down in uh, the Phoenix area, which is a very good market. Scottsdale area, very good market. Vartan carries so do, it. Yeah, Vartan carries. So they do have some some good pockets there. I know they're pretty big in the mid-Atlantic, maybe up in the Virginia or Maryland area as well. Uh, there's some areas they're not as big in it, you know, but I'm sure there are areas that Oliver's working on get, getting in. But uh, I think they, they're no longer – like when they came out, a lot of people still called them the Dave Garofalo brands. I think they've really – They've stepped out on their own right now. I don't think I don't look at them as the Dave Garofalo brands anymore. You know the way I look about the way I look at it is um, oh so right here we have coverage. That's what Nelson said on the Cigar Authority last Saturday. Okay, so I think okay. that was the confirmation. Yeah, I so missed if that Nelson episode. Nelson said it. I'm sure it's coming out. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take that as set in stone. Uh, Mark says have not seen United in Michigan. Uh, interesting. Um, Michigan got some good stores too, but I know Dave yeah. was recently in Michigan. Mm. He talked about something on Cigar Authority where he made a trip to Michigan. Um, yeah, so I'll that could be changing. Yeah, you yeah. know, and I want to touch on what you said. You know, I think that you're right. It's it's gone away from the from the David Garofalo brand because, and it's not. It's yeah. he doesn't have yeah. he doesn't have anything to do with the manufacturing of it. It's no. He's done a really good job of, of of being like, look, this is not like, yeah, I look. Dave started a distribution company, right? He wanted to get into distribution. That's great. A lot of guys, a lot of people do it, and you know, he. War came into this deal with Nelson to, to, to be the distributor of those brands. That's just good business. And then people, you're right, people associate it like, well, it's his brand. It's not. He's just, he's done a good job <laughs> distributing well, it with the Oliver. I was at, yeah. I was at that Orlando trade show when Selected Tobacco was there. So Dave didn't have it back then. Mm -hmm. So I can tell you that straight out. And Nelson was a new guy on the block, and everyone's looking at this stuff like, like, you know, it was, and I, I got to be honest, I didn't try it at that trade show. But everyone was looking at the packaging and the display. I'm like, this is really – this was the Atabase stuff. He was showing the selected tobacco stuff back in 2012, 10 years ago. Right. I mean, and if anyone you know knows anything about Cuban cigars, and obviously Nelson is – he does all of the design work for Habanos. So you see a lot of – you know, you see like the – the, the fancier velveted bag, outer box, Monte Cristos and Romeos and the Bahique and the limited edition Cohiba stuff. That's all done by Nelson Alfonso. Um, so it, it's the same, you know, he designs all that stuff. So you see now you have a, a non-Cuban cigar with that same, you know, that high-end mystique presentation yep. with the lacquered boxes. Very well presentation. It's going to make a splash because no one else really yeah. does that kind of thing. Um, or at least to that level. I mean, like Fuente has it with some of the the higher tiered Opus X stuff. Um, you know, there's a few like Padrone has has had the the fiftieth in the humidor, which is designed by Nelson Alfonso. Um, you know, so th there's not a lot of it out there. So when you, yeah, when you see it, it's like wow, look at this. The cigars yeah. are fantastic, but the presentation is just like unlike most things you see on the market. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's true. It's crazy. Um, Jay Davis, my interest is peaked as a retailer, but customers only ask for Atabay, and I heard they won't open new Atabay accounts, so I guess I need to visit them. So I will say, when it comes to Atabay and Byron, it is, it's not a very large production, so I think they are trying to keep it kind of tight because they only make, was it 200 yeah, boxes I, of each size or 300 boxes or something like that? I don't know what the quantities like are, but, but they are more premium brands. I mean, I would put them... They're positioned more premium brands. They're not going to be – the packaging is very premium, so they're not going to be, you know, mass producing this stuff. Ultra premium, I would say. It's ultra premium, yeah. Very ultra uh, premium. You know, it's funny. I think Atabay is the uh, – it's obviously a star, but I think Byron's the better line uh, overall. 
I would yeah, if I did put them side by side, like I I love both of them, both yeah. off the charts, but I think as as a for me, I think the Byron the I Byron had, profiles are are I find them more myself. I like Atabay a lot, yeah, as it is but so unique. Couple... But the but the sorry, but the Byron is you're right. It's the, yeah. there's a lot more going on there. I don't have a miss with any Byrons. There's a couple of Atabay sizes that were a miss for me. That's what I'm just saying. I've heard Byron's that. Just, yeah, yeah. Byron is just like every everything's hit with me with Byron. I will yeah. say, you want to talk about Lanceros. Atabay Spiritus Lancero is perhaps one of my favorite cigars. I think that, that cigar does amazing in the Lancero size. Uh, most people I talk to who've had Atabay and they've had that cigar agree. Like, yeah, that's a good Lancero. Um, they've just they've done a phenomenal job with it. Um, Dan Thompson. Sorry, hold on. I'm reading these. I'm on, I'm on single I'm on single producer George and I don't have Nicole with me. Uh, you're going to love Mark Van. Sorry, uh, one cigar, four by forty six, eight different cigars, and a five by forty Lons Drace Vitola like the Magdalia SE. Uh, yeah, he's referring to the to the stuff that they're going to be showcasing at PCA. Um, I would love to see Atabay and Bandolero. I think he's talking about Michigan. Um, Mike wants to know, Coop, how's your cigar? Oh, fantastic! Thank goodness I'm have I'm having a a, a great cigar. Because uh, I had a couple of duds uh, this weekend, which people will be reading about this week on Cigar Coop. So yeah, I'm sure we will. Uh, did yeah. you leave the ribbon on? Some people like to V cut and leave the ribbon in there, like a little no, thong. No, I did not leave the. I did not leave the thong, <laughs> thong on. Uh, Coop's going thongless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no visible panty lines. <laughs> as far as that goes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rakesh Robbie Nelson also said he has future plans for additional unique Byron lines. That I believe, you know, from conversations no. I've had with people, it, I interpret like Nelson has like probably like six other blends ready to roll because he's yeah, always working saw, on stuff. I think there's a Nelson line coming out down the road as well. Mm -hmm. Not just a, uh, an Alfonso, but a Nelson line. I think I've heard I, that. I remember seeing some catalog with, with some of this stuff in there. And yeah, I think you're right. I think there were a couple more Byron lines that uh, that were coming out. So um, yeah, he, I'm sure he's got stuff planned uh, for the next five years. Nelson's just one of those guys that you know, from from what I understand. And I'm not saying because like I know something's coming, but like just from what I understand, he's always he's always working on the next thing. He doesn't wait to be like, oh, let's like he's like, oh, let's just like, he's he's like one of those people. Just his mind is always thinking. He's always trying to create. And that's what I think. That's what makes his stuff so unique and so special because he does put yeah. so much time and so much thought into his cigar. Now, I'm not saying yeah. he's the only one who does it. There's a lot of good cigar manufacturers. That a lot of them put a lot of time and effort into it. You know, another one that comes to mind. You talk about like Steve Saka. You know, Steve has had the you know the reputation of he's just always like working on blend. He'll go through so many test blends when he comes out with a cigar, and he, like he'll go through hundreds of test blends. He's just always focused yeah. on it. And and Nelson's one of those guys. He's just always trying to like figure out what's next, figure out what's yeah. next. And I think that's yeah. I think he's got a lot of good ideas yeah. in the pipeline. Yeah, yeah. Steve's another one. He's already got his twenty twenty three stuff planned. Um, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Probably into twenty. Yeah. So, anybody yeah, had change? I mean, that one year he was gonna put out the Krakatoa. And he wasn't happy with it, and he scrapped it. Now it's coming out in 2023. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was supposed to be last year. It was supposed to be at the trade show. You know, and I've heard, you know, we've had conversations with, you know, like Nick Perdomo, who's like, you know, a lot of times, you know, he goes, I, I, I'm working on cigars, you know, five years down the road, you know, because it all starts, you know, when you plant that tobacco. And, he's, and, oh, and he had this he conversation. Was I was like, you know, when you, you know, I, I come in and I think about, okay, I want to come out with the next thing. And then I have to think, like, 
I got to plant, you know, this kind of tobacco. I got to grow it. And, and he thinks the whole process. And I was just like, well, we're going to make that cigar and I want to use this tobacco. He's thinking about, like, I have to, this is what I have to do to get there. Yeah. So he's planting tobaccos now for releases that he probably won't come out with for another four years. You know, because he's going to oh, go he through the whole he, process. He was doing it when we were, when I was down at Perdomo in 2020, right before the pandemic, he was showing us, we were tasting the tobaccos that were going into the 30th anniversary, which is whether that's going to be at the trade show this year, I think it's a big question. So, um, yeah, they've had some issues getting some some things with production. You know, it, I don't think yeah. it's I don't think it's the cigar. I think it's more on the on the packaging yeah, side. Yeah, he's not he's not going to half-ass it. He's a Nick. So, no, I mean, if it's ready, he he'll do it. If it's not, it's not. Um, yeah, Nick is definitely one of those people that he if it's not yeah. ready, it's not coming. It's not coming. He Plain ain't half-assing it. Yep. You know, it because he knows like, look, I could try to get it out because I know people want it, but I know people are going to want it either way. So if I you know, if it's not ready, uh, I'm sorry. I won't put it out. But when I do put it out, it'll be ready, and then mm-hmm. people are still gonna buy it. It's not like, gonna be like, oh, you didn't come out this year. Well, I'm done. Like, you know, it's still gonna come out, and people are still yep. gonna buy it. So it's like, what's the hurry? You know, yep. uh, which is the, which is the right approach. And we we yep. need to see more of that across the industry as a whole. Yep. Not not most people, you know, but there's a few who they just they try to get things out. We've talked yeah. about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it happens. Um, let me see. I'm trying to follow along. With these comments, they, they really take off here. Uh, Dan Thompson, 2023 products are being finished now. Uh, no doubt. No, no doubt. doubt. Yeah, absolutely. No <laughs> doubt. Um, let me see here. Uh, Nelson, uh, uh, Jay Davis. Nelson sounds like a guy like Luciano or Pete, just always tinkering and blending. It's true. You know, Pete, Pete Johnson, another one. He's always, it's always going. You know? Yeah, yeah, he's got some stuff coming out this year too. I mean, the Verico Blue is like the big thing. He also um, he announced that there's a there's a PC exclusive, but he he's not unveiling it until the trade show. Yeah, it's it's he said it's the like it's a Sumatra version of the TAA cigar. Uh, so that's that's what we know about it, and yeah, but he hasn't shown it off yet. Right. So we don't know what it looks like. So. But I mean, he did. He, he did. He was one of the better companies that announced he was. And he, you know, I've been very critical of these companies that are just sitting back and not promoting these cigars, the, these PCA exclusives. I think they've done a very disappointing job as a collective group of promoting what they're coming out with at PCA. The fact that I'm still getting press releases, like I fly out. Mm, a little bit more than a week. And you, you'll get stuff right up until yeah. Thursday. Yeah, yeah. You'll be getting stuff. Yeah. Maybe Wednesday because some people come out there. But yeah, you'll be getting stuff um, for sure. And it's like, eh, you know, these companies, I mean, I, I just don't understand how they do things sometimes. I mean, you, it, it's like they. They, they they talk to some media outlet. The media outlet puts it out, and then when you reach out to them, they they almost like deny it. So saying, and then they tell me, well, it's, it wasn't ready to put out. Like, why are you talking to another media outlet? Just say it's not ready to talk. Just just don't talk about it because they don't. Yeah, so I've had this happen about three or four times this year. And Very this is and this is why this is well, this is not the only reason. This is one of the reasons why Coop doesn't like teasers because he just it's like come out and say it or don't say it at all. <laughs> no, it's because. Right. I mean, I, I just don't think you're in. I don't think teasers especially work for the trade show. You want people to know what you have at the trade show. 
And if you're just going to surprise them, then just surprise them. You're not going to get another person that much more interested to come to the trade show if you tease. That's just my opinion. And Nicole agrees with you for what it's worth. She said, I agree, yeah. Coop. Uh, it, she followed it's, up it's, here. It's, Some of them just yeah. fly by the seat of the pants. Yeah. It's true. Marketing is it, so it, important in every industry. And, you know, it's funny. I, I think, and Dan, you'll have to chime back in. He said something earlier. I missed it. We were talking, and then the things yep. went by. He said he made a comment though. I caught it kind of quickly. He said something about um, marketing and in other industries and stuff like that. Dan, if you know what I'm talking about, just repeat that for me, just so I can read it. Uh, Carney's with us. The great John Carney. He's watching with us. Uh, I'm gonna put this he's up. He's right. Here. He's right on. He's right on that. I think it's teasers happen because products aren't finalized, but they feel they have to say something, and that's true too. And I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, it's, but, Thanks, you know, Nicole. the thing is, when you're having a conversation with another media outlet, right, and then you give them information, and then you get mad that they publish it, why did you give them the information? Because you're better off just not giving them the information. It's true. It, it, that's the problem I'm having, is, and I'm, I'm, I've, I've had four or five instances of this happen this year, because we want to go more aggressive this year, not just depending on the press releases. And, you know, kind of reaching out. And I'm wondering if it's worth reaching out anymore. Because we're not getting, you know, the information. You, you know, I said, well, it shouldn't have been out there. Like, well, why did you give them his photos on top of that? Which is kind of weird. But they don't even want to talk about it on their own social media yet. It, it's kind of weird. And I'm not talking about aficionado, by the way. You know, because we know aficionado basically is controlling about 50% of the releases that are significant. Or all have to go to aficionado. And it's for, that, that's another frustrating story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you reach out to the company, they don't even want to respond back to you or they want to give you no comment. We mean no comments out there already. So it, it's like, you know, certain companies, what they'll do is they'll give it to aficionado. We'll get it an hour later. I'm fine with that. Certain I, ones I got to wait. Certain ones I got to wait 48 hours and certain ones they won't even give it to you at all. Car uh, Carney said, good point, Coop. And then I think he, he so uh, Jay Davis said, uh, save me a dinner seat. I'll be stalking with the show. And then I think something happened. And Carney responded under smoking tobacco because then smoking tobacco commented, Jay Davis, I'll have my security team looking for you. <laughs> John, I think you're, co you're, you're commenting under the smoking yeah. tobacco page. Okay, so let me, yeah. <laughs> right. And, and, and here's what happens, though. Like, there's so many companies who are working with us, right? In good face, and, and, and I'm not talking about, yeah, they give an exclusive efficient out. That, that doesn't bother me because they work with us in good faith, right? Look, I, I know I can tell you about five companies that work with efficient out, but they still work with me in very good faith. Those are the ones that you, you know, are great. But then there's the companies that, what I call, they only want to, I, I talked about this the other night on the show, they only want to deal with you four days a year, and that's the trade show. And you don't hear from them. When you reach out from the other 361 days, they're like radio silent, and then they want you to come to their booth, right? Well, you know, there's companies that are working with us in good faith three, the other 361 days of the year. So how do I turn my back on those companies to come see you now? Because now you, you want someone at your booth and you want media coverage. That's a tough thing to do. It's just we have over 100 companies we're dealing with right now. Absolutely. I just want to make one quick comment. Uh, John had commented, smoking tobacco handles my security. I'm also John's uh, talent agent. Because uh, John doesn't get as many invites to go into shows, but somehow people ask me like, "Oh, can you get me John Carney?" Or like, "Oh, no. or or I or I'll, or I'll go to people, hey, you should get John Carney." And then John John will be on Thursday night, by the way, on Coop. He'll be on the late. He'll be doing uh the virtual trade expo on Thursday night. Well, there you go. So. 
Well, yeah, so. well, Thursday night we also have on the Smoke and Tobacco show. Right before that, we have the media roundtable for the pregame show. Yeah. Which you will be there. Bear will yeah. be there. Uh, Matt and Garrett from How About That Cigar will be there. Uh, I think that's it. I can't remember. I think I think that's it. But yeah, so we'll all be yeah. together Thursday night, and so we'll have our roundtable, and then you. you I got double in. duty that night. I know. And then tune into Cigar Peeps. Oh, and then I have Sokka coming on at midnight, right, on the virtual thing. So wow. I'm going to be up. And then you don't understand. So Sokka comes on. He's going to be on for a while. And then we do what's called an after show with Sokka where the cameras are off. And we talk to Steve for another hour and a half. Oh, yeah. So I'm just, it, it's going to be a crazy night next Thursday. It's gonna be, I, I will be going to sleep very early Wednesday night. I can tell you that. Well, I was going to say, you know, the elderly, you know, they, you know, you stay up late. You know, you're going to have to take a nap. You're going to have to take a mid-afternoon siesta. Yeah. Oh, but I, no, you know what, Matt? I actually do do that normally for prime time, just so you know, because it, it, it does go late. So, yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> You've told me. There like, hey, I was taking a nap. And I'll be like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just poking fun of you, Coop. Come on. Yeah. You know no, I do it out of love. It, it's all love. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> By the way, I want to bring up something. Uh, Cigar Coop presents Jonathan. What do you say? Cigar Coop presents Jonathan Carney, courtesy of Matt Tobacco of Smoking Tobacco. That's true. It's, that's that you could that's 100% true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By the way, when we get to Vegas, so I have a couple of little things planned. Um, one of the things I wanted to go do. Go again. Here he goes again. He's gonna spill beans. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I have a couple of things like you know planned that I and I've no. This is all stuff I've said before. I have some stuff planned that we're gonna do with John and whatever. Uh, but one of the things, and I, I, I don't even care on this one. I want to say it because if I say it on if I say it on the show, then it has to happen, right? So one of the things is you know I've been very critical of one of your favorite um, burger establishments that happens to be popping on the West Coast. Okay. Okay. I'm okay with that. Right. So I've, I want to go to In-N-Out with you while we're in town. We and are going to work that out. We are going to We're going to go, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go through In-N-Out again with you. We're going to go together. Okay. And you're going you're gonna to order. You're going right. to order for both of us. I'm going to say, all right, I'm just going to step back. You order yeah. the food. And I'm going to sit down with you, and I'm going to do an In-N-Out burger review with you at In-N-Out. And I will give it a fair second try because I've gotten so much flack from the burger community over, you don't like In-N-Out? Ugh. And it's like, I wasn't impressed. But to be fair, I haven't had it in a long time. <laughs> Do not order the monster. We're not going to order the monster style. That's what kills, I think, In-N-Out Burger. <laughs> Do not order the monster style stuff, please. So you and I are going to go to In-N-Out. Yeah. There's yeah. a reason why it's hidden on the menu. Yeah. Animal style. So they said monster animal style. There's a reason why certain things are hidden on the menu. Because they're not good. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll take care of you. It's not like the Starbucks secret menu. Where like there's actually some hidden gems on there, you just have yeah, to know how to yeah. order it. No, it's hidden because yeah. like we can do it, but like we don't want you to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John well, Carney, you know, little things. Yeah, yeah just I, I don't want to say too much, John. I gotta <laughs> yeah. don't Listen, don't I, beat I me up on the teaser. Just leave it alone. I gotta do it the right <laughs> way. <laughs> I know. Uh, when you go out to eat with John Carney, let him order. Yeah. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. Here's what I'm just done. Facts. This is facts. Yeah. Let him order. Okay. Yeah. Let him order. You will never be disappointed. You don't have to. Yeah. You will never be disappointed. The other person I'll say that about, and he won't be at at PCA, is Rafael Nodal. Let Rafael Nodal order. Trust me. You won't be disappointed. The funny thing is, so when you go to eat with John at a restaurant and they bring you the menus, 
just take yours and just be like, I don't need this. Just, just give yeah, it go, right go, back go, to give, her. Give, give it, give it, yeah, just give it to John. He'll just take care of it. Just be like, yeah. we only need one. And then he'll hold on to it, and then she'll come back, and he'll go, uh, we're going to do uh, the Carpaccio. We're going to do the Escargot. We're going to do yeah. the uh, – ooh, we're going to do uh, the, the mushroom, whatever. We're going to do this. That's what we're going to start with. And there'll be enough food. You want to right? There'll be enough food. Yeah. Yeah. That's just the appetizers. And then he'll go. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna get. Uh, we're gonna get a New York strip, medium rare. We're gonna get the fillet. We're gonna get the uh, the, wa- the wagyu. Let's get the truffled uh, French fries with extra garlic. And uh, fuck it. Let's do the roasted asparagus. And that'll be your dinner. And then dessert will come around, and he'll be like, "This place has the best whatever." And then he'll get three things for dessert. Oh, by the way, we'll take two bottles of this red from wherever. And yeah, you're like. I don't know what's about to happen, but it's gonna be good. That's just how, that's just how he rolls. You know what John's motto is when you go to eat? John's motto is you either go big or you go home. Like either you go big or don't even go to the restaurant. You look, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I went. We went. We were very fortunate to go to dinner with him in 2019, Bear and I. And uh, believe me, we were not disappointed. We went to MB Steak. We were not disappointed. Um, so. Very kind to him, and uh, we had a great night that night. We smoked uh, some good cigars afterwards, and it was it was just great overall. So yeah, you won't be disappointed. So there's, now I mentioned In and Out, and there's a lot of hubbub over Animal Style. Even Nicole's like, "Hey, I love Animal Style." Jay Davis, what William Cooper Animal Style rocks. Um, but again, um, I, I'm just I'm not an, you know it's not my thing. Uh, if you got if you got to throw if you got to throw gunky sauce on it to make your burger good. Yeah, no. So, <laughs> but I'm not against someone who wants animal style. If someone wants, if they enjoy animal style, they should have it. Yeah. Uh, the guy to eat with in Vegas is Michael Frey. He knows all the great spots. You know, you know the guy to eat with in Vegas is Fake Alan Rubin. <laughs> you get a forty dollars you know waffle. <laughs> no, well, no, 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 because he's been mistaken for the real Alan Rubin, and they take really good care of the real Alan Rubin. In certain steakhouses out there, that happened. I know at TPE. It's not bad. Like, hey, do you know Alan Rubin is here? Oh my God, no way! And then, <laughs> yeah, and then they, they're like, they're, they're, they're like, that's not Alan Rubin. Yeah, it yeah. says, but that's not right. him. <laughs> right, right, right. No, but it's true. It's true about that. Uh, you know, I know that happened at TPE this year. So, oh yeah, so get, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know. Whatever works, Dan. Uh, oh, Nicole Patrice. Dan Thompson. I almost made it on the show tonight, but I bailed at the last minute. This is true. Sorry. Now I'm baking cinnamon bun blondie bars. Yeah. She takes care that's, of me. That's that's a very good woman. I was just gonna say she's making you cinnamon blondie bars while you're doing the spare note show. Yeah. I know. Hey, listen. She's my good. wife, man. She she gave me lobster. T- like I was very depressed on Father's Day, and mm. she came through big with the lobster tails and stuff. So I mean, I, I can't complain. Um. So, uh, so yeah, she came through big time for me, and they were f- amazing lobster tails. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. anything with lobster. I, I didn't even have them, but I know it's it's good. Lobsters. Good. I mean, I yeah. live in New England. I mean, lobster. That's that's our bread and butter. I mean, come on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, lobster here is. You know, I know it's a little more of a premium thing in the Carolinas, but but when we get it, it's good. Yeah. I was gonna say before, you know, I went to one time when I was with dinner with John. We actually went out with Abe. And when we were, we were down in Florida together, and he was like, "Yeah, let's go to dinner." And we all went to this Italian place down in Delray, and um, and Abe did a lot of the ordering, whatever. We all ordered our own like 
like entrees, but then Abe like ordered a bunch of other stuff. But then <laughs> John was like, "Yeah, we're gonna get uh, this," and he did all the wine. And I think by the end of the night, John, I, I'm I shit you not, John ordered. I don't think it was five, but it was definitely at least four bottles of wine. It was a lot of us there, to be fair. But like yeah. four bottles of wine. But he also got like like the best wines on the menu. <laughs> and the bill came. He's like, "Abe, let me pay for the wine." <laughs> <laughs> it was, the, the wine alone was like yeah. 500 bucks <laughs> or whatever it was I, I, I went I went for pho once pho uh, with Abe and mm. his family they took me out very nice and all I know is the this was a, like a really great pho place there were a lot of options and all I know is I followed the lead of one of Abe's kids like they knew exactly what to order I'm like what is this I'm like I'm like, okay, if she's ordering that, if his daughter's ordering that, I'm just getting the same thing. That's what I said. It's like she knew exactly what she wanted in this fall. It was amazing. So, so yeah, it was. Uh, I had a good time with that. How did we get on to talking about food? We were talking about food for like 15 minutes. Well, Carney. Carney. Uh, Carney. Carney. He shows yeah. up. He shows up, and it's just all about food. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, not, well, it's not bad, really, though. Yeah, yeah, look, i got to give a great shout-out to LFD again. They've been one of the companies that have supported us from day one. John Lido, everyone at that company. Um, and it's so great to have them back at the trade show this year. Um, I think we all agree it was something missing without them at the trade show last year. So it's really great to have them back. So I'm excited. I'm going to see if I can do this live on the uh, on the air here. I'm going to add a text box. Hold on. How do I do this? I'm trying to Be do careful. this. careful. <laughs> oh, it's right here. Okay. Ready? This is this is my t- – and I'm gonna, I might leave it up for a little while. But this is, this is the um, – this is the uh, the official. You know how when people get married, they have like a hashtag, like for their wedding. I don't know if you know that. Like on social media, uh, maybe you don't know. But like younger people. My daughter didn't have it, but it was right before hashtags became big. When she so, got so there's like a this is a thing that couples do. Like they have a hashtag for the wedding, right? And then all their wedding stuff is that hashtag. So we've created a hashtag, smoking tobacco for LFD, more specifically John, but it does cover Lido and everyone as well. And this is the PCA 2022 official Jonathan Carney LFD hashtag brought to you by Smoking Tobacco. I'm taking credit because I'm the only one that's really pushing it. Okay, here it is. The only one knows it. Hold on. Whoop. I'm going to do it in all caps because it's sexy. Oh, I know what it is. Actually, I do know what it is. Daddy's back right here. But but he's a daddy now. Yeah, it's not even just that, though. It's just daddy is back. Okay. That is the official hashtag for John Carney in La Flor Dominicana, PCA 2022. LFD returns, hashtag daddy's back. Right there. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's it right it's there. Good. Yep. Yep. Daddy's back. He's going to come back to that show. He's making a statement. That's all I have to say about LFD. Daddy's back. Uh, all right. Let's see. Where? Uh, oh, Alan Rubin's here. He showed up just like Beetlejuice. <laughs> What's up, Alan? I love when Alan's here. Don't get me wrong. This is great. Does someone say my name? Absolutely. Yeah, we were talking about how you we want to go to dinner with you in Vegas because everyone <laughs> thinks you're the real Alan Rubin. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Davis, when I got married, people didn't have cars. Yeah, well, that's because Jay is an antique. So <laughs> when Jose Blanco got when Jose Blanco got married, uh, you know, they didn't have wheels. I mean, so <laughs> it's true. They just had to walk everywhere. <laughs> Back in, what was 
Back in the olden times. Back in the prehistoric era. <laughs> <laughs> they rode dinosaurs when Jose Blanco got married. Uh, you know, even when Num Nuts 1 and Num Nuts 2 are not around, he, st- he still gets it, you know? I love Jose, though. He, he can take funny. it. He can they, take they, it. They, oh, yeah, he can take it. They, they, Boy, they beat up on him. If you watch the show with Scott Pierce, go watch it. They beat up on him pretty bad. On uh, I caught part of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Always got to nail the professor. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, now they have some... Now they have the ducks and stuff they're doing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen now. He's moving to Barcelona, so um, I don't know what's happening now with the ducks. Like, oh, yeah. He's going to find ducks in Barcelona. He's moving. To, the family's moving to Barcelona, so I'm not sure when that's happening, but I do know Emma has said that. Yeah, that's he, true. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do about that. He loves those ducks, though. Loves them. He do- oh, man. I have a... You you saw the one like, where they went after him. They chased after him. Yeah. One. Yeah. Yeah. He's like Tony Soprano with the damn ducks. Yeah. Oh, it's true. I'm gonna start. Ca- I'm gonna. That st- was the same way. My dad was the same way with the duck. He loved the ducks. My dad. I'm just gonna start like calling that. him Tony Soprano. <laughs> like, hey, Tony, I'm the ducks. <laughs> he's the boss. Of the, well, is he the boss? Nah, I mean, it's tough. He's more like a. I think he's more like Silvio, you know, in his role now. But you know, Consigliere. You know, Silvio, I don't. Yeah, he had a lot of power, Jose. Yeah, he's the consigliere. He is. Person. He 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 is the consigliere to the Fuente Empire. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. he is. He is the. Nah, yeah. I don't know. Shouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got I got one more comment from Alan Rubin here, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. Instead of free dinner, how about I just give you some samples? Coop only goes for the free samples. Well, we gotta go to Scar Company, Alan, to do that. I mean, uh, once you're gonna get me out of your personal humidor. <laughs> Jose Blanco is capo regime. He isn't consigliere, as Jay Davis confirmed. Okay, all right. Well, that's fair. Uh, Alan Rubin fixes his his. Uh, yeah, he spelled it coupe like a car. C O U P. That's good. I, I might use that for something. I got some good ideas now from that. Thank you, Alan. I appreciate that. Um, I might use that <laughs> to tease coupe later on. Uh, so another thing that came out in the news this week uh, that's not really PCA related. We'll take a break from the PCA talk. Uh, they will be at PCA, though. Um, and I wanted to bring this up. I want to get your thoughts on this, Coop. Is the uh, the Sisters of the Leaf movement. Have you seen this? You heard about this? I have. Um, it, it, and Nicole and Nicole was going to be on tonight. She was going to get into a little bit more. Um, but they they announced that they're partnering up with Light em Up Go. It's, you know, Re- Reinhardt's um, platform that he has set up. And he's going to kind of integrate that into to bring the... If you don't know what Light 'Em Up Go is, it's it's this app program that, that Reinhardt has created that you know it helps you find lounges and stuff around the world and whatever. It's also gonna help you find these these official like lounges that are you know certified or whatever for the Sisters of the Leaf movement that you know for women and stuff and women looking for lounges and whatever. There's gonna be a, a certificate that you can hang on the wall like like you know like the Opus X. You go into the store and you see like this yeah. store is certified to sell Opus X and it's got the store name. Yeah, kind of kind of like that. Um, kind of thing like this is the Sisters of the Leaf certified lounge for women to come. Um, we haven't really talked about a lot about that, and I was just curious to get your thoughts on that. Well, I think it's a good thing that you know certainly uh, you want to have uh, female friendly establishments, so uh, I'm all for that. I think it's uh, we've seen, particularly in the Charlotte area, the last um, five years, the female smokers have really emerged in in Charlotte. And they're, 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 look, they, there is, 
I don't. I hate even calling them female smokers. I'd put them alongside any smoke. People, I believe. Uh, it's yeah. great to see more of them a female. So I, I think that's really, really good. Um, with that. So, I, where I was a little, where I was a little thrown with this. Okay, is they're missing some pretty big sisters of the leaf in this movement that I don't that I'd like to see them. So I'll throw out some names. Leanna Fuente, Cynthia Fuente, Janine Perdomo, Amanda McAuliffe, Laurel Tilly. I mean, those are some names, uh, you know, that, you know, and I just did, in the materials, I didn't see anything related to those companies or those people. And, and you know, it's, I'd say those companies, let's say those companies that have done a lot for female smokers, all those companies. So something was missing from that. I'll say maybe they're in the infancy and they're growing. So I'll, I'll give them a shot on that. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I have to understand a little more about what, what, a, what the certification process is. Uh, it's great that they're putting it on Reinhardt's app, but, you know, when they launched, no one talked about, like, they didn't launch with this, they didn't put out a press release with the certification processes or anything like that. So, so Nicole, I kind of like to understand a little more of that. Nicole has chimed in um, and she said they are, that they are a part of it, including like Janine Perdomo, Cynthia Fuente. Okay, um, so that's it, good. It wasn't clear from the materials that I saw, but maybe, like I said, she probably done a little more on this than I have. She has, uh, and that's that's why I wanted her to be on here. And she knows a little, She actually was talking to them, and she's been. And they want They they want her to be on there um, as one of the uh, one of the women. I think she had to submit some information or whatever, and they're going to highlight Nicole. That's great, and she should be, and she should um, be absolutely. Yeah, so she she does know a lot more about this than I do. Um, Lizette Perez Carrillo. Mark said she's no, on there. So, no, yeah, so no, th no, there no, are no, there no. are some very powerful, you know, sisters But the companies that were listed, what were the companies that were listed in there? Like, Herman Solomon was one. Um, if Romy, uh, Jennifer Nicole. Drunk, drunk, drunk Chicken. I think, yeah, I think Drunk Chicken's female-owned. I see that. That's a good pick. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there were some companies. It just seemed like they were promoting more of those other companies than... I, I would, you know, I, that that's where I just sort of just seemed like something was lacking with that. Nicole said she feels as though their message their message isn't fully clear. And that's uh, that's what I that's what I'm saying. I think the intent is great. Yeah, let's do that. Let's let's. But I'm more about people of the leaf. That's what mm -hmm. I'm really more about. I'm more about people of the leaf. Um, and I don't know. I haven't really seen Reinhardt's application catch on in the U.S. Is the other thing I'll say. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. So I'm going to be very transparent on that. Um, it was a, it was a little tough to use, I thought. Right, but that that's something that could be fixed, right? But I, I just haven't seen that app yet catch on, um, yet. Uh, Jay Davis made a comment earlier. He was going to plead the fifth. So I, I'm I don't know what he had to say, but apparently he doesn't want to. So, I'll, but you know. We'll just go, maybe yeah. I don't know. Maybe I can. The applic. Oh, here we go. The application doesn't work, and when I emailed, they didn't resp respond. Mark said Raquel Casada is coming on strong. Nicole. Well, absolutely, absolutely. There's a lot of great names that we that you go through this list on. Um, Nicole says, but they just launched, and their initial press release wasn't really covered. They have multiple quote advisory boards. Um, Dan Thompson, I don't know. All the details, but as any new organization, I'm hoping they will keep learning and growing. Yeah, I think that's what would, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not against it. I'm just I thought it was a little odd that they chose to go to market with light them up and not kind of go to market with what their mission statement was. And that was a little 
they got it was chicken before the egg here. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I, certainly, like I said it certainly is. I'm, I'm looking forward to learning more about. I think it's. A, I think this is a very good thing to have to promote Sisters of the Leaf, and ultimately, I like to, like I said, I like to bring them up. The people of the Leaf is what I really like to do with this. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I know what you mean by that. Yeah. Um, you know, I wanted to. You know, we mentioned Reinhardt and the light him up. Go, the light him up go app. Another thing, and I, and I am going to be a little critical here, and I know that a lot of people have, you know, like you and Jay and maybe, probably Alan and maybe Dan and some of the other folks. Um, I, 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 the cigar rights of the world. I know he was involved with that too. And that's another thing that it, it, it was, it came out, we heard about it, and it's a great concept, but we haven't really heard much about it. No, we haven't. The only thing I'll say is they haven't taken anyone's money either. So, yeah, um, it's true. You know, so that's so so um i think there's some things that maybe they there was some low-hanging fruit that maybe they've missed so far that i would like to i would like them to really tackle new zealand and mexico which are two serious there's some serious prohibitionary things going on in those countries right now um amsterdam was another one so i mean there's some so i don't know you know again that's a all-volunteer effort um and it's tough to get a grassroots. It's, look, it is very hard to get something like that off the ground. Uh, just ask Sorar Rights of America, which I know we've been critical of, but they're still very important here. And um, it takes a long time to do that, is what I'm going to say. So, yeah. Skip says, what? Matthew is going out on a limb. Stand back. Well, you know, it, it, these are things we've talked about. It's we, It's come up on the show before. It's not anything yeah. new. Reinhardt's a great guy, by the way. I think we both agree he's awesome. Yeah, I love him. He's a great dude. We we spent a lot of time together in Vegas last year at PCA. Yeah, Um, we did the show from Casa Fuente last year. Yeah. Is is he going this year? Do you know if he's going? Ooh, that's a good question. I think he is. I hope he is, yeah. I hope he is. Because these are good discussions we can have when I'm certainly out there Mm -hmm. on that. Um, I mean, it's it's a lot of work, though, to get. uh, I knew when they announced Cigar Rights of the World it was going to be a very ambitious project they were doing. And I and think that's the other thing, money. too. You're right. You don't know about money, so you got to keep that in mind. Yeah, Yeah, that's the other thing, too. It, as much as we do say that, the other thing that is worth mentioning is, look, it is um, it is a lot of work, and they don't have a lot of money to do it, you know, right now. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's a lot. And and they all and all the people involved are doing so many other things as well. So I can understand how it's probably a very slow-moving project. And yeah. we're also at a state in the industry where, you know, the pandemic – Things kind of got slow in certain aspects, so people had a little bit more time to work on some of these things. But now that we've kind of come out of it, like things are really busy again because people are just there's a lot more moving parts again. So I think it could be one of those things that they just they haven't just really been able to get the ball really rolling, maybe as fast as they thought. I think maybe going into it, they thought they were going to be able to get going on it quicker, and then just things started happening and like we kind of have to maybe not shelve yeah. it but just we, we we can't we can't give it 100 percent focus right now so i don't think it's going away i just think that there it, it's a lot to get rolling and they just haven't they just haven't done it yet yeah. and i think that's probably why i just i just hope that they they do get it going you know sooner because it it, it can be such yeah. a valuable thing to have and i think it is important to have so yeah if anything i'm not not really knocking them i just i just hope that val- they get it's it going que- it's a valid question to ask though certainly yeah because like I said, Mexico, New Zealand, Amsterdam have been three, or Netherlands, I should say. Um, they've been 
three that we've really seen. And but you need you need someone probably on the ground in each of those countries to really drive that. I think it's unfair to say Reinhardt's going to drive this piece in Mexico. I mean, he's not anywhere near Mexico right now. So he lives in Austria. He lives in Austria, right? Yeah. So that that's a little bit of the problems. And so they're relying. I think they 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 are bringing on ambassadors in there, uh, but they need like if they got an ambassador in New Zealand, that's one, something he could be tackling immediately. So that's I another good point. Yeah. Uh, no, that was another good point. I, I think that if they had more ambassadors around the world who were right. going to be a little more hands-on with it, it would really help build it in all those different yeah. areas because you'd have people, you know, it's hard when you're like a, a small group of people in one area and you're trying to do something for the whole world. Um, not that it can't be done, but it is a lot. Right. But when you have more people that are spread around in the local areas, you know, kind of feeding it in, that's always going to help it grow too. And I think that they just need to, I think that's one thing that they should focus on is just getting people on board to help build it yeah. so then it can really go. And they just have to figure out exactly how they're going to do this. And I think it'll Look, really get the ball rolling. So someone like me, for example, I can't be an ambassador for the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. I'm a media person. I cover stuff. That's my fault. But I can be a media partner, certainly, with that. You know, hey, there's information you have. You want to get out. You come to Cigar Coop. You get the information out. Same with smoking. I just can't be the one driving this in the in my country. It's just, I don't have the bandwidth to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it, takes, it takes a lot of work. Yeah. I, I would probably say the same thing. Um, yeah. I agree with you. You yeah. know, it, it, I'm in probably the same exact response. Um, yeah. I agree. I think that's probably what but I But I support said. them. I totally support them. I, I signed yeah. up and everything. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I have the link. I have their, their link. So on, on smokingtobacco.com, as most of us, you know, media folks do on our websites, you know, we, uh, I have links to several different cigar rights groups like, like CRAs on there. PCA is on there. CAA Cigar Rights of the World is it, it, it is on the website. Um, and my lighter just ran out of fuel. Son of a bitch. I got um, a can right over here. Um, but yeah, so I, I I support it in any way I can. There hasn't been a lot of developments with it, but you know, as, as they do happen, you know, absolutely, you know, I will I'll help support them in, in yeah. the best ways that I can yeah. as media. Um, yeah. But yeah, the more ambassadors I think is going to be a, a huge part of that that growth for them. I think that'll be a huge contributing yeah. factor. Uh, let's see. Dan Thompson, I agree, Coop. I hope the Sisters of the Leaf is inclusive with men as many of us share the desire of a cigar industry enjoyed by all people. Uh, Jay Davis has commented, I offered to be an ambassador. The reality is Cigar Rights of the World doesn't communicate. Don't respond to emails. I've tried repeatedly, and they missed the boat in Singapore, New Zealand, and Australia. Everyone wants, yeah, to, criticize, yeah. everyone wants to criticize PCA, so I'm happy to point to their weakness. And then uh, Jay says, but well, it... Fernahan, what happened with Fernahan in Singapore? That's a very good point, Jay. I forgot about that one. That's true. Yep. Um, but it, sorry, but it, it is, but it also involves adhering to a 15 point of the UN, which is very anti-tobacco. Also very true. Um, some, I don't, this honestly, this could be Nicole or John, so I don't know who did this, but Smoking Tobacco's comment was, Dan Thompson, my takeaway is that they will be. Yeah, we've, um, you know, on Coop, we've, we have been promoting, we haven't promoted enough Sister of the Leaf stuff on Coop, and that's something probably, we're not as much lifestyle, but the one area we are lifestyle with is in Cigar Jukebox, or Primetime Jukebox. And we have done some stuff with a lot of women in music every year. But the plan is that Dave and I talked about for 2023 is we're going to 
we are going to include some Sister Relief stuff with what we do for women in music every every March. So that is a plan we have that we're going to execute. We actually talked about that before this press release came out. That we've done a good job promoting females in music, but let's try to bring in now a little more of the cigar piece with that. And we recognize we needed to do that. Because that's the one area where we do lifestyle that it would make some sense to cover it there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I try to cover lifestyle stuff um, because I just, it's imp it, certain things. You know, not not every little thing, but there's yep. certain things that yeah. um, I just feel, even if it's not industry, it, it still should be supported. Uh, you know, obviously, at Smoke and Tobacco, we have a sister of the leaf. It's very active in the community. So, I mean, you have one of the best. I, I, you, have, you have one of the best ever in the cigar media. So I mean, we yep, obviously that—that's one that we're gonna we're gonna hit home with. So we would definitely yeah. cover that stuff. But yeah, yeah, it, it is important regardless. I mean, and that's that's why uh, you know yeah. it, we cover that stuff. And it is important because yeah. as much as the industry is is a huge focus and its main part, yeah. the industry is reliant on the lifestyle yeah. outside. So it's kind of a little bit you have to kind of cover a little bit of both. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and we're just trying to find a, a good spot where we can do it and, and promote some visibility. And we do have a thing we do. Um, I know the same thing, like we're going to try to incorporate some of the stuff for women's women in history months and um, every year in March. So we're, we're going to be doing a little more of that. And I think jukebox will be the kind of the landing point to do that with. It makes a lot of sense. So uh, I think that's our plan. We just haven't done a good job with that piece. We focused too much on the music piece the last couple of years. So we're going we're gonna to work on that. Yeah, that's something we have some plans for that. Yeah, that's a good idea. You know, and I think that yeah, yeah. I think as time goes on, I think you'll see more of yeah. more yeah. of the lifestyle stuff being covered. It's always changing. Love, you, know, you, you know what I love? I love when, when, when women are on cigar shows, but not so much talking about what it's like to be a woman in the industry, but just talking about the industry. Because there's a lot of great – like I hear Nicole on shows, and, and she's, she could talk industry with anybody. Yeah. I mean, it's just like she could talk with some of the best. So, I mean, it's that's what I love to see. Um, I think we always could say, hey, what's it like being a woman in the And that's not – I'm not saying that's not important, but I'd love to see that other side. And I'm saying, well, wait, people leave. It's all it's the whole people leave concept. Yeah, you know, uh, it's funny. So we had last week, you know, the episode before Dan on the Smoking Tobacco show, we had somebody on the show who actually has never been on any of the shows before, and I got a lot of good feedback for having her on. That was Erin Holland of the PCA. Um, you know, as she much did a good as job, I, very good job, she did. She did a very good job. Oh yeah, and as much as I love, you know, Glenn and Josh and 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 Scott and everyone else, they've all been on the show multiple times. Um, but I just I felt it was important because you know Erin does play. Not just because she's a female, but like she does play a huge role at PCA. I mean, she, her she's done a great. She's done a great job. Really has under yeah. very difficult circumstances. Um, and no, I think she's uh really. I mean, and I was really impressed with her on the show as well because she brought exactly what her core competencies were, which was a lot about the trade show. Uh, but it, but she surprised. She I don't say surprised, but she did do a lot of industry stuff that she was very good with. You know, when you when you were talking some of the stuff, so. I think she did a very good job. Yeah, and you know she, her one of her, one of her primary uh, jobs at PCA is membership. You know, so she oversees a lot of the the applications 
yeah. letting people in, having to say yeah. no to people, and and doing all that. And then when you get to the trade show, I mean, she she wears a lot of hats. You know, she's you know getting people checked in, and she's also overseeing all the media, which she's doing a great job with. Really trying to integrate more media into PC. I have some stuff we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about that before the show's over. Yes, because she's done a great. There's a lot of things that progress has been made in that, and that's a lot of it. I'm gonna give her credit for. You on this or the trade show? On the whole media and the trade show. I think there's some big things that have happened. No, I mean, you want to talk about it here or you want to talk about it at the trade show? You no, I want to talk free. about it here tonight. Yeah, okay. Uh, you can yeah. feel free to get into it now if you'd want to. I mean, we're, we're here. Okay. Okay, perfect. Um, you know, this year, there was a – there is a, a – for the first time ever, okay? Now, I've been covering this trade show since 2010. And for the first time ever, the PCA slash IPCPR – RTDA for the first time has recognized the media outlets that will be covering the trade show. And those media outlets were listed on a page uh, with their logos. And you know what? We were all media of the leaf. I'm right next to Cigar Aficionado. You know, you're right next to, you know, Cigar Journal. I'm just saying we're all, it, there was no lines drawn as far as that went. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that is a test. That's the first time that's, I mean, believe me, I, I know there's a whole controversy with the influences. I'm going to put that aside for now. If you don't, if people who are in the media don't think that's a big deal, then you ha I, I don't know. Then there's no hope. That is a big deal that we are being recognized by the PCA as a as an outlet to, as an outlet that will be covering the show. We're on their web page. I mean, for years we have not been. We I use. I'm going to be talking about this tomorrow in my article as well. We were the damn bloggers ten years ago looking for free samples. That's what we everyone thought we were. And, you know, I think a lot of media over the years, we've, you know, the bad apples have been shedded out. Uh, there's been a lot of great media coverage. And to see us on that page, I was like, I had a real smile on my face. And I think that was Aaron's brainchild. I mean, from listening to the show. I was listening to the show. And I just, you know, it, 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 was a, it really made me smile. And I, I was very happy. You know, I'll share a story here, okay? And I've shared this on the air. There's a famous video that happened about, I want to say, 10 years ago. And you remember Cigar Dave? Yeah. Okay. So, listen, I'll say this. Cigar Dave and I have uh, – I'm okay with Cigar Dave, okay? He's like – we've actually had a little fun at the past trade shows. Uh, but – there was a video where he would every year he'd he'd walk around the trade show floor. Okay, now what's the rule we're always told about as media at the trade show? Don't interrupt business, right? Mm -hmm. He walks into the Gurkha booth with the cameras and barges in on a meeting that that the Gurkha people are having with a very large customer, and just interrupts the meeting. And a lot of us saw that video, and we were pissed that that was allowed to happen, right? I went to the previous regime of the IPCPR, which there's none of those people left right now. And I said to him, this, he's interrupting business. What if I did that? Would I be, I'd be thrown out of the trade show. And I was told, he's Cigar Dave. You're not. That was the answer I got. And, we, and at the point, I said, we are the ugly, redheaded stepchild, as far as I am you, because he was given a – allowed to do something and if i did that same thing i would have been thrown if you did that same thing matt back then you would have been thrown out of the trade show so to see us on all on the same page there 
was a big deal to me. And and it, like I said, it was something good. But but yeah, that 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 happened. It's been talked a lot about over the years. Like this is way before your time, but I'm just telling you, that's what the answer I got back was. I know I've heard the stories. Um, yeah. You know, and it's it, I brought it up with Aaron. I, I made a comment about it to Aaron. I was like, it's before my time, but you know, I've heard the stories of how you know media was treated, and even she was like, ah, it's kind of before my time too. She's like, I don't really know. Yeah, well, about it. it was. And look, if we did that now, we shouldn't do that now. By the way, that doesn't give us the right to go do that now. Um, I do believe this time media is disrespected by other people at the trade show, like retailers who interrupt your interview for, for selfies with who you're interviewing with. They still do that. Mm-hmm. Somehow that's okay. Um, but most of the manufacturers have gotten a lot better with that too. They understand now, uh, the effort being put in and, but back that that's always happened. Uh, but that's okay. But if I go into a business, I, I should be thrown out of the trade show. So Alex, Alex, I'll make it right. Alex Lancaster, I get more info from you guys than any print sources. Well, we really appreciate that. You know, you hear, you, you hear, you hear, we, yeah, we, thank we, you. We try. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. We, we, we hear comments like that and it does not go unnoticed. Uh, it does, yeah. mean, it, and it does mean yeah. a lot to us. It means more to us than yeah. you guys know. Um, cause, you yeah, know, there is, there is the, 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 the print media and then there's us. And sometimes I think a lot of the, especially the older people, in the industry, they, they focus more on CA because that's what they've known for all these years. But you know, it's, 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 there's still, this is still premi- is true. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot, you know, a lot less you had to do with, there was a less print media there. And people finally realized, Hey, online media can do this very well. Cause we had, I think online media had a great show uh, last year, Matt, here's my question to you though. Mm-hmm. So there were like, what, what, are, what were they like? 21 media outlets on that, that page. I don't know exactly how many, but there's a lot. So the question I have is, and we've talked about this, we beat this one to death on the influences. I don't know what's happening with the influences this year, but the but the, the there's no influences I saw listed on that page. Now I've said influences have a place at the trade show, but they have to abide by rules. So my question is, how are they like? If how are these influences if they're going around the booth shooting videos, doing interviews? How is that going to be dealt with versus is that going to, are they in with like what credentials are they into doing that? You know, that's the question I'm going to have this year and I'm going to be keeping last year. I didn't see a lot of it, but I'm going to be keeping a closer eye on it this year. You know, um, my talks with Aaron on the show and it, oops, oops, sorry. Um, I almost dropped my water there. Um, my balance is off today. Um, and from what I've seen, from what they posted for their media, like all the names and everything you just said, um, it it's a good question. I mean, it seems to me like, yeah, the, I didn't see any influencers on there. Um, I feel like, you know, they did, they focused more on, you know, non-influencer kind of media, people with like websites and whatnot. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Were, exactly. I mean, there was no one on there that I sort of didn't belong on there this year. Uh, there were a couple I might not have heard of, but when I did a little digging, I could say they belong there. So I, I went and looked at that closely. I feel all those are credentialed people to go in there. Yeah, I mean, I, I most of the, I mean, like I, the people I saw, it was all people. Most, most I recognize. Yeah, there was a few I didn't recognize, but I mean, I didn't really research them. But most of the things I saw, you know, I, I recognized some of the people, and I know who most of them are. You know. 
Uh, but yeah, that's a good question. I don't know because you're right. I, but I did not see like you know someone's Instagram or or Facebook or just just a person's name um, listed. It was all like you know website logos and like names of like things um, yeah. that people had. So yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. I think that they're trying to focus more on like people who do a, a broader coverage of the show. Um, you know, people who do like video and written and all that stuff versus like just social media based on what I saw on that list. This is not my opinion. It's just this, yeah. it's what's out there. You can see it on, on premiumcigar.org. Um, it's, that's kind of how it was presented to me. And Aaron had made some comments about how they were very thorough with the applications and the people they accept. Cause she handles it. Like I said, she handles all the membership. So anytime you apply, whether you're a retailer, whoever, anyone who applies to be a member of PCA and you pay your $400 dues or whatever it is, um, she goes and approves those before they go in. So, and so she must be just keeping a close eye on it. Now that's not to say that, you know, and it happens all the time. Some people get over, they get in on other people's badges or whatever. And I, and I think that whether it's an influencer or not, cause I mean, there's this manufacturers who do that to suitcase, which is a whole nother situation. That's a whole, yeah. Um, you know, anyone who did not pay the dues, to come in on their own, I think is it's not even just the influencer thing. I think it, for them it's more about we just don't want people coming to the show who didn't pay to come to the show because it's just it's kind of defeats the purpose of what they're trying to do. And I understand that too. Right. I, I I totally right. do. I mean it, it, the trade show and and don't and donating it it's not like a fee. It's really a donation. You have you have to pay it, but it's really it's it's more of a donation than a fee. <coughs> Sorry. Um. And so I think they're they're focusing on that. So I think if they felt that someone, you know, wasn't doing whatever, they didn't meet the criteria for whatever they want to do, I don't know. I think a big part of it was I, I'm pretty sure Aaron said something they wanted to see that they had their own website and they had content on there. Um, and she said something about, you know, they, they saw some people who applied and they had a website, but they hadn't updated their website in like two years. So it was like, well, I mean, what are you going to be doing then? You don't have to, you're up to, your website's out of date. So I think that some of those people got declined. Um so it's not even just like influences. There's, there's some like you know other like more, I don't want to say traditional, but like more similar to people like us who have websites. If they're not updating their website, even those people they didn't get accepted in. Um, yeah. But there are some they, people that don't have websites that are influences, and I get that. Yeah, um, and that's true too. And that's yeah. And they don't need a website because they don't they don't have anything to put on a website. They they live through social media, um, which in that case you know that that is their website. You know that is their yeah. platform. They don't have anything else, yeah. so I get that. Which is there? Look, so if someone from an influencer uh, goes through the process with Aaron, and they get in, I'm I'm totally fine with that. But if I see someone with a company badge on, that's where I'm gonna question. I'm gonna question now. I know some companies have hired influencers to work their booths. I'm not talking about that, right? As long as they're working the booths legitimately, um. I don't have a problem with that, but the question is, when does it, when does it, there's, there's certain things that we have to adhere, everyone has to adhere to, like, and the big example, like I heard, and I didn't see this, but, but I think you saw more of this, was like selling a calendar, okay? I don't even, I don't even have sponsorship discussions on the floor, okay? Those, we, I say, look, we, let's have that discussion next week, right? And we'll have a, we'll have a follow-up conversation. I don't even bring my media kit, okay? Mm -hmm. So... I mean, I'm just saying I don't do that piece on the trade because that I've been that's always been a taboo thing. When we're there to cover the show, we're not there to sell sponsorships. 
Um, I bring my media know, so kit. We, so I bring it to Las Vegas. That's so fine. That's fine. So it's on You're me. Not, right. But I know there was I know there was one media outlet that um was doing this a few years ago. And I know the guys very well. And I said, you guys can't do that. Mm. Um, he said, you, you, you can't do that. That's not what the purpose of the trade show is, to sign sponsors. Um, and then, you know, a couple of cases, I used to have the discussions outside the trade show floor. I don't even do that anymore. Like, so I stopped doing that years ago where, like, someone wanted to have a conversation. I'd leave the trade show floor. We'd go out to the casino and have that. I don't even do that anymore. Uh, and that's, that's mostly because it takes too much time. Yeah, so I'd, I get yeah, that. I'd rather just, if you if you're serious about it, it can wait a week. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I bring all my materials with me because you know there is outside the trade show floor time. And people do. People, there are people who have been interested, and I'm like, yeah, well, all right, here you go. And, I'll show and, 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 and that's fine. But you're not like leading. Hey, come on here and sign up with me. Like it's the thing. You're not there to sell calendars. That's my point. You're not. There, no one should be there to sell a calendar. Mm-hmm. You want to sell your calendar? You could do it next week. You have you you can build exchange business cards or whatever and and, and and do it next week. It's that's not what the trade show is designed to do. No, I, yeah, and I get that too. That's that's true. Um, you know, yeah. I I want to bring up another point. You know, I had I had a manu a, a smaller manufacturer, but I, I had a manufacturer um, ask me recently, hey, uh, can we do you know can we do a show episode of the trade show? And I said, I'm, we're not going to be doing a show that week because we know shows. We're going to be doing interviews on the show floor, and that's it. I said, well, come by your booth. What booth are you at? And it was like, well, I'm not exhibiting. And I was like, well, um, look, when I come to the trade show, uh, my focus is going to be on people who, who are exhibiting because, I mean, that that's uh, – yeah, I, I, yeah. I have to. I mean, it's just, it, you know, so I, if you're not exhibiting, like, you know uh, – well, you just can't get t- every, yeah, you can't you can't get every booth is the problem. It it, it puts me in a tight spot because it's like, well, okay, I, I, I have I'm, I have to still kill myself to get to the people who are there with a booth, so I, I can't really take that time away to go shoot something with you off the side. And you don't you, you don't even have anything there. Or, yeah. uh, it's just and, and look, it's it's nothing personal. It's just I I have to manage my time appropriately, you know. It, it costs money to go there. I have to go there for what I spent the money to go there for, and that's to cover the people who are at the show with boots and things to show. Um, so, you know, and I, and I, I said, look, I said, if there's time, you know, maybe, but, I mean, I probably won't because I, I you know, and I had, I had someone else, oh, we're trying to put this thing together, and, you know, I would love you guys to cover it, and I'm like, it's fine. That's totally okay. When is it? Oh, we don't really know yet. And I'm like, look, if it's between the hours of 10 and 6, you know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, no go. I will not be taking time off the show floor during the prime hours to go cover something. And it's not because I don't care. It's because between 10 and 6, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I'm on the show floor, period. I won't be anywhere else. With the exception of Monday at the press conference, which I know I think is at 11. But... That's a PCA thing, and that's just when they're doing. I and I have to be there. But other than that, I will not be off of the show floor. Yeah, um, I I'm the same way. Uh, in fact, I'm not doing it at all because our time is just so valuable. Even out, you know, after the trade show these days, and even at night, like if we're at the media house or at the Circle Bar, there's relationship thing we're doing. I mean, if you want to show up at the media house or the Circle Bar, that I'm not gonna do not invite you but when i'm not going to do anything that's requiring me my team to expend effort 
Um, and, you know, I write a boost report up on everything I do. And I wrap everything into the boost report, the videos, the product reports. So, you know, and that takes time. Uh, like Ben, who's the videographer on our team, he's got the toughest job. He's got he does all the editing and stuff after this. And I got to you know, this guy last year was doing stuff on his vacation for me. So, um, you know, I got to be sensitive to Ben on that. Nicole does all of our video uploading, editing. She puts everything Nicole, together. Nicole, Nicole was doing double duty. I saw her last year going outside and everything. I remember. Yep. Um, the Spoken so, Tobacco team will be expanding by TPE. Um, we're almost solid on that. So yeah, we, by, we by TPE, be, there'll be at least there'll be at least three of us. Yeah, we we may add a fifth person next year. Um, I got a because there's a. We may need a fifth person, but we're gonna we have to figure out how that's gonna work still. But it would probably just be for the trade show purposes. It wouldn't be a full time team member. Mm-hmm. And and I gotta make sure that that's okay with the PCA and stuff like that to do that. Oh, yeah, I don't absolutely. know how they would feel about me bringing someone just, but but I know Half Wheel's done it. Like they've brought in someone to like do their editing on the trade show floor with because they have a little booth and they do that. So I'm assuming it's okay. I just I want I'll probably if I do that I'd bless it. Um. Yeah, for me, the the third person that we'll, we will be bringing in is going to be a full time smoking tobacco member. That person is also going to be starting reviews for us. They will be doing trade show coverage with us. Um, they are going to be, and then they're going to grow into some other roles too. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's and it's and it's needed because you know, especially as you can, especially the trade show. Just take the trade show alone. I mean, everything else is a lot of work, but. The trade show alone is so much for two people, you know, and, and there's me and Nicole. And then it's like, you know, I could be out there shooting my interviews with the third person. Nicole could just be back at the laptop, just up editing, uploading everything. Cause she tries to get everything right away, right away. Yeah. Fast. Yeah. Um, we, and you, you guys don't do live, right? You, you're, not, nope. you're not doing live. We re-record yeah, we, everything and we shoot everything in 4k. Um, HD audio, the whole thing, and then Nicole takes it, she dumps it, edits it, gets it all prepared, whatever, and gets it online. Yeah, we had to improve our backup procedures. That was a big – we had a hole with that last year, um, and that was a procedural thing, and we fixed that this year. So we, we had we had very a lot of risk with the way we were doing backups last year. So that's been fixed with us too. Uh, but, of course, like to, get, to generate the booze reports, they take some time. Uh, the ideal is I spread it over 30 days. We went a little longer last year because we were new. But, yeah, the idea is I spread that over 30 days and uh, try to be strategic how we put those out there. Yeah, I mean, and that's the other part of it too. You know, it's it's the behind-the-scenes stuff that we do during the trade show that you guys don't see. And it's it's like, yeah, the race through the trade show floor to get all the interviews is like one critical part of it, and that's exhausting. But then it's once you get all of it, what do you do with it? That's three times as much work. So it's like even what you see on the show floor, yeah. there's so much that goes into it just for us to get that out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, there will there will be some booths covered without video. We decided to. So they'll get they'll get some, but uh, there's some that aren't gonna have video this year. So, but there'll be booths there. Um. Sorry, I'm just checking uh, something here. Uh, uh, there we go. Sorry. Um, 
I have a I have a whole I have a notification thing on my phone with all these things and it popped up and I didn't want to lose it. So, um, yeah, I mean it, it is a lot. It's a lot, and I know like people, um, people like you. A lot of stuff. The video I'll get up right away. The written stuff I probably won't do till later. Um, but I know people like you. Like you'll be at the media house and you'll be up all night writing all your stuff. Um, yeah, this year is gonna be a little different. I'm only doing the daily recap write-ups uh, and very strategic product posts. Okay, that will be it. Um, just because um, otherwise I'll be dead. Yeah, I'll just be dead if I don't if I do that. Question so, is, and, and does Bear lose his voice by the end of the trade show again? We we have taken procedures on that this year. Uh, and Bear was told if he loses his voice, um, he we will put someone else in there. We're not gonna get him sick um, either. Uh, but we we have some throat drops and stuff for him, and uh, we're gonna be prepared with all that this year. Like honey, prior to the honey's yeah, good too. Gonna, honey's good. Uh, Lots Bear of tea. worked his ass. Yeah. Sorry. See, Bear is really good at. Um, I prefer doing a broadcast like we're doing. Um, either in a studio or on site, like in a sit down, a little longer format. But Bear's got a good gift for the roving reporter. Um, he's really good at it. And he likes doing it, and it's it's a good core competency uh, where we use his core competency that way. There's a couple where we've had, like, when we were at the soccer booths, we had the whole team in there for a little bit. Uh, Aaron Nielsen got in there as well as Ben. So we did a little bit of, of that as well from time to time. So, um, but for the most part, Bear is going to be the quarterback on and the roving reporter. Mm-hmm. He, he's really he's the best at doing that. I just don't like doing that at the trade show. And the other thing is the problem is what I have. I'm I'm kind of writing these boost reports up, so there's a lot of things I have to kind of get detail on that doesn't necessarily come out in an interview. And sometimes I'm talking to a rep or someone like that while the personality is doing the interview with Ben and Bear. So you know, or Aaron's kind of getting a specific photo shot for me. Uh, that I hey, Aaron, I need a photo shot of this. You know, this certain angle, this band needs to be. So there's little things I need to do with that. That if I'm sitting there driving the interview, it's it's too difficult because that piece doesn't work. And we discovered that last year going with the four-man team that very quickly that's how it had to be. So this year we feel much more organized this year because we've done this now once. Yeah. It's like anything you do. You do it once, you do it twice, you get it down, and then you, yeah. it just kind of goes from there. Um, yep. <clears throat> I know that I think Matt and Garrett – they were doing it live the last couple of trade shows, and they I think they announced that they're also going to pre-record now this year. Um, and it's hard. You know, we, we knew about that going into it, and I said, I, I don't even want to do the live because I don't want to risk losing my feed, and I don't want it to be – I'd rather just record. I'm not in that hurry, much of a hurry. Like, I'd rather just record it and deal with it later. Um, yeah. You know, and that's I know, we, and I know yeah. guys were doing it, and, and that's fine. Everyone's going to do their – I just – I was like, I'd rather just record it. Um, you know, and and then deal with it after. Plus, then I can add stuff in and whatever. And I have my title cards, and now I have I have vo- I have a voiceover introduction that covers my sponsorship on the trade show coverage. Yep. We, have, we have the same thing. We're doing all that this year too. Yeah, so <clears> that <throat> has to be all. That also has to be edited in there as well. And we have two sponsors this year, so it's uh you know we have to kind of incorporate all that stuff in as well. So there's no doubt about that. But the, but the thing is, also what I'm doing is eyes and ears when I write that daily recap at night, which is usually at 2 in the morning, um, 
and I just give, hey, this is what I saw on the trade show floor this day, and you know, um, I look to try to capture, hey, you know, and a lot will be this year on the returning companies, and of course, day four, that was a whole relevant thing. That ended up being the whole row. That was easy. The relevant photo made it easy to cover that. Yeah. I, <clears throat> and, you know, and that's the other thing. It's just, I, I think back to, we we got a lot done with the two people last year. Um, but yeah, well, I got. Look, looking forward to having that third person with us, hopefully by TPE. It's, it's going to be great because it can be two of us shooting, Nicole, just computer. And um, it 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 makes a difference, and you know, especially now you know, I'm gonna be doing more write up stuff. You know, maybe if I don't have her doing that, I can have her being like over here taking notes, whatever, while I'm shooting video, like like you were saying, you do yep. with Bear. Yeah. It just it makes the whole thing. Um, yeah. Just such an easier it, it, process. It, it does. I mean, this year I'm actually handwriting the notes too, which has got me a little nervous because if I lose it, but um, it's a little easier to handwrite some stuff than take out the tablet is what I found. So, uh, but most of it I can, you know, the, my, my worst case sometimes is, is I can just go to the raw video and if I forget something, just watch the raw video that night. So, The ACOFs are here with us. Kevin and Barbara, they just tuned in from Las Vegas. What's up, guys? Las Vegas. Those are, uh, Yo, those, those are my peeps. Kevin was, Kevin was a very key person when uh, Vegas shut down. He was my He was my source on the ground. And I ran everything mm -hmm. by him. Um, Kevin is uh, very, very, yep. Kevin's Kevin's a very useful asset to us as well. Yep. And, yeah, uh, good guy. By the way, I got guy. the news, Kevin. Kevin, your award's not coming to Vegas. There was uh, two awards got there was a couple awards that got damaged. Yours was one of them. I had to get it redone. Oh so. man, I actually Think, Kevin yeah, Kevin Kevin is my address on the ground in Las Vegas. <laughs> so I actually just shipped all my awards and my all my stuff. That I, bring I ship it to Aaron. Aaron stays at a hotel because he likes to be near the casino. So Aaron Nielsen just gets my shipment. Yeah. So I I, I just shipped all of my materials today for the trade show to Kevin. So that was like one of those things where it's like I did it and I was like, oh, we're getting close. I'm shipping stuff out. <laughs> yeah. I got all excited. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I mean it's 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 a big deal. Um, yeah. I by the way, I just want to stop for a second, and um, while I'm. I'm trying to keep up with the comments here too. Um, so this was my first Perla del Mar Maduro, and I have to say, so far this cigar is awesome. I love this. I, this is probably my they favorite one. They did a re they did a reblend of that when they came out with the new Perla del Mar. This just came out too, didn't it? It came out with the Corojo. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> it came out with the Corojo. Now I've heard I've heard talk of a fourth blend. Hmm. I don't know what that. I've heard something about a fourth blend in recent weeks. Really? I don't know if we'll see it. Yeah, I don't know if we'll see it at the trade show. Yeah, that'll be interesting. And you know, it's funny. I don't. So we're gonna see um, Quest Array ninety five at the trade show, right? Well, that's that's a um. See, this is I don't know because isn't Quest Array ninety five a exclusive to the factory? Oh, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I think so. It is. Unless they're gonna go national with it, I don't see why they would bring it to the trade show. We're going to see Angel Cuesta, which we broke the story on last year. That's right, yeah. So Angel Cuesta is going to be the second blend to come out of El Rahul. Yeah, because I'm trying to think of what else JC has planned for PCA. They've been quiet, but I think the whole El Baton thing 
I would imagine that they show up at the trade show. Oh yeah, three, three. yeah. And Anton Cuesta would be the. I think those are the two things I would expect to see. Um, I know they're redoing Black Diamond. I don't know if we'll see that at the trade show or not. Um, yeah, there's there's and like I said, like we were talking about before, there's still so much we don't know yet. Um, that would have been nice to know, but you know. I know Fuente's got other stuff coming out too. Mm. But good luck getting that information. <laughs> Carlito is like Carlito's the gatekeeper on that, so. Yeah, that's a um, that's an anomaly though. You, you know how they are. They everything's very tight-lipped until they're ready. Um yeah. we still don't know. We don't have 100% confirmation we'll see the Fuente Padron collaboration. We've talked we talked about it last time. Well, we had confirm we had a confirmation enough I think on the, uh from Carlito that night. Yeah. <laughs> I think we had confirmation um whether we how much when it will be available and shipped that's another story. But I, I think we're going to even if you see the blues placements, they're right next to each other, the two blues, and there's an area in between. So I'm pretty confident we're going to see something. I yeah, I think so. I think yeah. I think that's the best way. I think we'll see something. How much we get and when we'll actually have it, I think it's a different story. But yeah. Yeah, I think I think I was listening to Cigar Authority. I think Dave Garofalo was talking about that on one of the episodes. It came up and he and he made a good point. He's like, you know, that's a cigar that everyone's going to want. It's going to be very popular. Um, I think it was him who said, because I remember I, I saw that part of that episode whenever I think it was a couple weeks ago. And I think he, I think he said like that's gonna be one of those cigars though that like everyone's gonna want, but like no one's gonna smoke it because everyone's gonna be like, wow, it's so special. Like everyone's just gonna hold on to it. Rare, Rare Pink kind of fell into that boat in a way at first. At first, it was very you couldn't get those. I mean, the first batch. Now it's a little you can get them. It's a little easier to get them. They've made a lot more. Yeah, um, and Jay just chimed in. Fuente collaboration is happening this year. So that's our man at PCA uh, confirming it again as well. That's, I think it's safe to say we're going to see I it. I think they were smart not to put it through the PCA's exclusive series. Kind of just do it on your own. This way, you know, I think they got to control that one more. It's their I own think, thunder. Uh, yeah, I mean, some of the other ones, I think pe people lost a little control of what they're doing with that. Um. So outside of all of that, anything we have on the on the docket for PCA that we haven't covered yet? Because this is it. This is our last show before the trade show. We won't be live again until post PCA. So we actually. So next week is an, so that we would technically be scheduled again for the Saturday during the trade show, but obviously that is not going to happen. So no. we're actually going to go three weeks, and it'll be the Saturday after the trade show. Um. <clears throat> But what uh, I'm trying to think of anything we did not cover or speculate on for well, the trade show. Everything. I think we hit everything <clears throat> that we needed to hit. Um, I know the one thing I wanted to bring up was the media thing tonight, and that was because I think that happened. Um, so I think we covered everything that we need to go. We oh, the other thing is I think we Booth will be at the trade show, so we know that too. Say that again. Matt Booth will be at the trade show. We know that. We know for a fact. I Matt had told me himself personally. Um, yeah, he told me as well. Yep. yep. That so I can say you can say he will be there. We we heard it from the horse's mouth. He's going to be at the trade show, um, which is good. Now, question: Given the timeline of events, yeah, he's definitely in this year. What about next year if General once again does not attend the trade show? Uh, I think too early to speculate. Um. 
We'll see. I, I would guess if things are the same, he won't be there. Um, but I think everything was in motion already at this point. I think the booth was already committed. This um, general had a similar situation at TPE in 2020 when they acquired Royal Agio. Mm-hmm. Royal Agio already had committed their boost to TPE, and Royal Agio was there. They had a bigger boost in general, if that made any sense. Mm-hmm. It was kind of odd. So I think that it's they're going to probably see. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I still think we're going to see some one of these big four back in the next couple of years. Uh, especially if you heard Scott Pierce. I think there's a little bit of movement. We're still a ways away, though, uh, from anything happening. Now, let's play this game again because I like to keep bringing it up. If someone comes back, who do you think it is? Altidus. Oh, Jay Davis. I'm guessing we will see Altidus and Drew Estate next year. Not No solid intel, but things I've been hearing around the water cooler. Uh, Yeah, Scott talked a little about there's been dialogue with Drew Estate. He talked about that on the show. So, But I think there's a long, a lot of dialogue that still has to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, same, same with Altidus. Um, I, I would, those are the two, I, I mean... The thing is that here's the thing that Drew Estate has changed their engagement model so much that I don't know if they it pays for them to go back to the trade show like they used to. I mean, they that's gonna they've pivoted very differently. And you know, at the Barn Smokers, Jonathan Drew talked about how now they are, um, you know, they're not necessarily going through retail channels anymore to promote the stuff like they did at the trade show they did they're using their own channels you know they've invested a lot in um their the whole freestyle live program yep and uh it's you know the barn smokers are themselves kind of mini mini trade shows but not for retailers you know you don't buy you don't order products there. so i think that's gonna be if they come back they may come back two or six guys to pivot and do something different than they've done in the past is what i'd say you think they come back with a much smaller booth I think they do. They scale it back. I think they scale it back, but I think the difference is I don't think they're going to anymore like announce 10 products and, and debut them at PCA. Um, that, I think that will be the difference. So I think they'll, they're going to use the barn smokers for sure. Because each of the barn smokers, they're going to be announcing some sort. Like they just did Nika Rustica for the Florida one. So you know, I think that's what they're going to do. You know, it's funny. I know it's a little bit of a different situation, but you know, Jay brings up a good point. I just don't see Davidoff back, but then again, they'll have some people there to support Ferry Ortego. Don't now, for Davidoff to come back. But I the, get that. But the thing is, and I want to touch on that after, so don't let me forget that. But in regards to Ferry Ortego, I think the difference is Davidoff is more just so in the realm of distributing Ferry Ortego, so it's still on Michael to go and all that, versus General now owns Room 101 Cigar. That is theirs. It's their call. Matt is creative director, but if as a company, they hey, we're not going. We're not spending the money to have that brand go. You're not going to go. Ferry Otego is, I'm going because you can't, it's, I own the company, but, um, oh, okay. Well, you know, that's true. But, and maybe they'll send a couple people from Davidoff just in support of them, but it's still that's Michael's call. So right. I do get that. Um, now, in terms of Davidoff, for those who don't know, is you're a little bit more well versed on this than I am, and Jay, I know will comment too. What makes Davidoff different from all the other ones in terms of returning to the show? Most of this, most they sell to appointed the Davidoff brand 
So I'm not talking Camacho. I'm not talking Zeno. I'm not talking Avo. They sell to appointed merchants. White label. White label. And, yes. and Winston Churchill and Black Label are all under that. Mm-hmm. So it's an appointed merchant model. Those orders are coming in one way or another. And I don't think Davidoff's at a point of their company right now where, where they were 10 years ago where they were doing major rollouts of um, Davidoff Nicaragua, Scurio, Yamasa, Winston Churchill, Late Hour, uh, where the trade show was really conducive to do that and expo it. Um, I think they've just kind of changed. I think they've changed their model too. So I just don't see it. I don't see. I don't see them. And they tried a couple years ago doing an experience type of booth, which I think they did really good with. But I don't know how profitable that was for them to do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't see Davidoff coming back. But you know, do I? I mean, I think all these companies are still PCA members. So it's true. So it's not like they're not. I think, but you know, part of me is that these there's some, so many iconic brands with these four companies. Like, how do you not have Monte Cristo, Davidoff White Label, Liga Pravada, um, Macanudo? You know, how do you not have these brands at the the biggest, you know, the Super Bowl? There's something you know not right about that. Like, it, there's something there was something missing last year without those brands. And I and I can hear every company could tell me how great it was for them, but from the overall experience, those are iconic brands. They, they, they need to be at the party, you know? So I, I, can you imagine a trade show without Fuente? I mean, it, there'd be something lacking with it. I mean, of course it would. Opus X, Opus X is, you know, look at that Fuente booth, how they, they, they display this stuff. It's, it's, it's the party. It's the Super Bowl. So, you know, I'd like to see somehow this work out. Yeah. It would be nice to see them coming back. Yeah. It's Jay Davis. It's not. It's not. It's like not having Belichick at the Super Bowl. It's true. Um. What oh, it's we, not like. Here here's what it's not like having. I better, I better not hear about the damn fucking Giants. Let, let me. Let me. Let me kind of. <laughs> let me kind of rephrase that. So let's let's kind of use an example. Um, who was in the Super Bowl last year? It was the Rams and the Bengals, right? Mm-hmm. But the Patriots. There were people from the Patriots there. There were people from Tampa Bay there. There were people from even the Giants. I mean. Could you imagine Who? that? No one's the Giants. Who? Right. <laughs> but could you imagine? Sorry. Could you imagine a, like so, a team like the Let's just say the Patriots, right? Well, we're not gonna we're not gonna be a part of any of the Super Bowl week. Like we're not even gonna be around that. I mean, it's it, it, it would. I get it doesn't affect the game, but it affects the whole experience for that two weeks or that one week leading into the game. Yeah. No, I, I, and I, no, I know what you mean, and I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, Kevin brought up something. I don't. Uh, let me bring this up. Maybe you covered this earlier, but with TPE seeming to focus more on the convenience store and head shop market next year, are premiums still a solid fit? And will that show continue to grow for the premium brands, or will this be good chance for PCA to make a pivot and correct the issues that are there? Oh, that's a great question. Really good question. Well, I have a lot of thoughts on that. Um, sure. So I think it's this. I think for the last three years, TPE has pushed the premium segment, right? But ultimately, I don't think it moved the needle enough for them to grow that show. So I think they'll. So I think premium cigars will certainly be welcome there. Um, I think there'll be certainly some sort of a push. But you could see the, where they're going is they're pivoting the show back to um, 
more of a convenience type store shelf. Uh, so you're going to see like candy companies in there, um, soda companies, right? So you mm -hmm. see a lot more of that. It does give the PCA a great opportunity to now, okay, if they're going to be the premium cigar shelf, now you have that opportunity to strengthen that piece. Because I don't think, I think TP did try, I, I, I've gotten, I can tell you, I think they really did try to go head to head with, with PCA. I just don't think it worked out to the, I think they had some success with it. But I don't think it worked out to the level to grow to show that they thought it was going to be because it's just this is just a small industry. And now you have companies like if soda and candy companies are much bigger. Different story now. Yeah, so, and they've, they've rebranded themselves. So TPE 2023 is yeah. not going to it won't be the Tobacco Plus Expo. It is going to be the Total Product Expo. So yeah. tobacco has been taken right out of it. I don't think they're going to I don't. But, but here's what I'm wondering. Will there be these same incentives that they've offered in past years? to uh, bring premium like look they have offered they've incentivized the retailers and the manufacturers and the media to come to that show there's been a lot of incentives offered will those incentives be there next year is the question and i don't know that answer yet so that's we'll, we'll know that in time and we'll, if they're still there then obviously it's, it's still a big push but i can also see them not i i've always felt that those incentives at some point were going to go away and maybe they're going to put it into other things right now. Dan Thompson, didn't TPE make investments to retailers? Yes. Yes. Yeah, they had hosted they had hosted retailer programs. Mm -hmm. So there were like hotel rooms given to them. Um, there were a lot of incentives thrown for people to go. I don't know what those are going to be like this this time around. Now, are you are you planning on going to TPE this year? Well, Cigar Coop is planning on going to TPE this year. But TP is the same week as Pro Cigar. So we have a lot of – we have to figure that out, what's going to happen. We, we're probably going to divide and conquer. Um, the fact that they scheduled this the same week as, as uh, the uh, Pro Cigar, and basically there was talk that they may move it. They didn't move it. Tells me a lot. Like, well, all right, so what? Like, we don't need to worry about this now because we're going in a different direction. Um, I, I I just can't believe that they did not know that that pro pro cigar is that week every year. Yeah, it's always been that th the week of presidents presidents day week. So I know they had to move it; it wasn't their choice. But it, it's a, I'm just saying, uh, there's a lot that cigar coop gets um, from going to pro cigar. Because that is the other end of the industry we don't get access to all year. That's where we get access to the, the people on the production end, which is very important to do. So, but we, at the same time, we can't afford to send the whole Cigar Coop team to Pro Cigar. It's a very expensive proposition. So, I don't know, but the goal is I want to have Cigar Coop on the ground at, at TP. Whether it's me or not, it's still to be determined. Yeah, I mean, you guys definitely have... Um... And now my Safari's opening, and I'm like, "What the hell's going on here? What did I click?" Uh, I gotta quit that. Hold on one second. Sorry. For some reason, Safari just opened, and now I can't see any of my stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, if that if if that's really the way they're going, and um, they are shifting away, I don't want to say shifting away, but you know, they're, obviously they're not putting as much focus on but the cigar growing, side. They, look, uh, yeah, I gotta get credit. They're growing their show. That's a big move to grow their show. What they're doing. 
Well, like Kevin just said, if they're bringing in snack and beverage companies like Frito-Lay or Coca-Cola, the money will end up being big. It's true. So yeah. maybe, yeah, and maybe they could still afford to still, but why would you, um, why would you do that is my question. I don't know if it makes business sense because PC, because TP is nice and they want to take care of the premium people. I, I just, I think there was a reason they were doing that because they were trying to grow that piece. And I don't think it grew. And look, they even tried one year offering incentives to announce a product at the, at the, uh, at, at TPE and companies just didn't really take advantage to to the point I think they should have. Uh, Dan Thompson just made a comment. I heard Scott at PCA discuss the opportunities and challenges of bringing interesting companies like Spirits to PCA who would benefit retailers. Talked about that on our show. Yeah, it's true. But I think Scott, I think bringing the Spirits companies is more about what PCA needs to go a little different. They need to build the experience piece up of the show, and that's I think an important part of bringing some of these companies in to try to do that. Like they need. You know, Matt, let me ask you a question here, okay? Mm -hmm. So Fuente's doing Fuente Friday on Friday, right? They're doing this thing with Carlito and uh, – The blending Jose, seminar. Right? right. Yeah. Could you picture now if they just take those Friday seminars and every year they invite in a key person to do a seminar, a Steve Saka, a Michael Herklotz, um, you know, a – let's even throw a Matt Booth in there, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you throw – people want to see, like for those the experience pieces, they want to see the people that they consider the rock stars of this industry. They don't They don't want to see some third-party consultant come in there and talk about point-of-sale systems. It's just not – that's the last thing you want to be sitting in Vegas on a Friday afternoon, right, when you could be at the – but, you know, if you brought in – like if Matt Booth went in and just did something like – like you, you just think about that. And you could the seminars don't have to be very sophisticated. They don't have to have a low low hanging fruit. You will instantly build that experience piece. You know, Aaron talked. To, Aaron Loomis talked a lot about having like a a, a competition among the manufacturers. Um, that's what Mitchell was referring to about some of the ideas. You're doing some competitive stuff, like you know who can do, who can produce the best thing or something like that. You know, like a best blend or something like that. That's those are the things I think that that PCA needs to focus on right now um, to build their show up. I mean, because I, I will, you know, like I said, if you, if you announced in at the end of March that you had Steve Saka doing a seminar, right? People would be going crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, he draws in a okay. huge crowd. Right. I mean, and, and what about like Skip said, Martin? And Roma craft. What about McAuliffe? What about, you know, Again, McAuliffe sure. can do some great things. I mean, there's, there's a uh, Nick Perdomo. I mean, you could do these things, and like I said, I think if you leverage the talent that you have on that trade show floor for that Friday thing, it's much more interesting than again having someone come in. And look, I understand you got to do the legislation piece. I'm, I'm not arguing that has to be done, right? But I know in, in the past they they brought in some really dry stuff where people just didn't want to. You know, they want to be in the circle bar in the afternoon drinking already. You know, they were just, you know, it's, it's, you do some of those. Like, I saw it happen at, at um, Pro Cigar. They had um, Jose Blanco and a guy by the name of Travis Pappelheim from Altidus, and they did a pairing seminar, right? And honestly, I can tell you, Jose basically went into that cold. Okay, there wasn't a lot of prep work he had to do with that. He just had to show up, and then he just went through his whole deal, and people loved it. I'm just telling you, it was people were, were were so into it, right? 
and I, I'm, when I was sitting there, I'm like, why aren't they doing more of this at PCA? It's just it's low hanging fruit. That's easy. It's easy to do. And I think if you went to Steve Sock and say we want you to do something next year, well, Michael Hurkot, I think if they could do it time wise, they would say yes or no, and I think they would commit. They'd give you a good commitment. Yeah, very true. You know, in the count and you know in the comments here. I see a lot of people jumping on this whole spirits thing, um, which is interesting. Yeah, because yeah, it's interesting, but it's important for the experience. I agree. Well, you know, there's some there's some difficult. Scott talked about it's not as easy to bring spirits companies in. There's a lot of regulations right. they got to. Right. This may be better one if they move the trade show out of Vegas. You know, which well, is a possibility. Interesting point. You know, Charlie and Brooks went live on Friday, and I caught a little bit of it. And one thing that came up was, you know. I think the current contract with the Sands expires after 2024. Do we see the trade show leave? What? Expires next year. Expires ne Jake, I thought it was expires next year. Oh, yeah, maybe it's that. Do we see the trade show leave Las Vegas next year? After, well, after think, next year. I think they're going to I think they're going to basically look at uh put you know, they're, gonna, they're putting out RFPs, that's what Scott said. I think they're going to look at it. Um I mean, it's been in Vegas a long time. It's been every year since 16. Um, the question is, you know, where else could they go? And I know a lot of people have said the Orlando one was trash. No, it was great. They're, they're wrong. That was the best trade show I ever went to. I, I think it was, it was a good show, but I think yeah. I heard that it was like the, the experience was great, but there was some other issues uh, that made it made it challenging. I don't know. I, I don't really know. I just I've heard comments being made. I, I, I can't really but, back that up. I wasn't even there. So yeah. I. Tampa would be a different story than Orlando. I think Tampa would be a better location if they can pull it off. Yeah. I See, what happened is with Orlando, they had a huge turnout because a lot of people in their backyard sent people who worked at the stores to the trade show. So, and Abe told this story. Like, you know, when the, when the trade show was in Orlando, he every day had a couple, like, one, like a couple of his key people can, could go up to the trade show for a day. And a lot of stores did that. Um, and they were able to, to really have a good crowd there. So, um, but I thought the I thought New Orleans was more of a problem. Mm. It was very hard to smoke in New Orleans. And that's the other thing too. I mean, they're gonna want to. It's gonna be. You have to find a place where people are gonna want to smoke. Yeah, uh, I've heard. I've heard Louisville, Indianapolis, St. Louis, and I've even heard Charleston as potential places. Hmm. Uh, New Orleans, I think, is on the list as well. Um, but I think Tampa would be to me that would be the win. If you or Miami, I don't think Miami will happen because I don't think they have the van. But I, I think Tampa is some some talk. You got the Newmans down there too, and if if they get their whole thing done, you know, again, talk about experience. You have an experience. You can bring the experience component to it. Louisville would be good for the spirits, from what I heard. Kentucky, yeah, it's an interesting spot. But let me tell you, if you move this show from Vegas to Kentucky, you are going to really have to sell people. That this is going to be something off the charts, uh, because if you just if you just announce it with business as usual, you're going to get like I don't want to go to Louisville in like July, right? <laughs> well, but the other thing Scott also talked about, he wants to move the trade show up into. The, he said if they're going to move the dates, it's going to be earlier in the year, not later in the year. Mm -hmm. So, I think I, again, I think the dates they have are fine. I think they got to fix all the dates. The dates are – I wouldn't worry about the dates. I, I just, you know, here's the, here's the thing, Jay, that's complete. 
I hear this. I can't leave my store thing, right? And, and then, Jay, you could chime in on this too. But if, I know a lot of folks have very small staffs, but what, do they take vacations throughout the year? How do you, how do you close the store in that case? So I, I don't know. I just I think there's ways you can do it. I think you just got to create a product that is attractive to people to come to the trade show and, and really excite people. And you know you have to you have to get give people a lot more notice than thirty days. Yeah, that's true. That's the one thing I could say, and I, I don't think it's all PCA's fault, but I think these things need to be really announced by the end of March. Yeah, I, I agree. Notice is key, planning and all that. Um, well, the comments are just going wild here. Uh, Jay Jay Davis had said Tampa's convention center is very small, maybe hard to pull off. Um, Kevin said cigar convention near the Bourbon Trail would be interesting, and it, and it would be, it would be interesting. Uh, it also would be a good good excuse to to go and hang out at the, all the distilleries before the show starts. So I wouldn't hate the if, idea. If you can't smoke though at these places, it's going to be a problem. Even if you can't smoke, uh, it's yeah, uh, people. That's going to be a huge turnoff. So if you're going to move to somewhere you can't smoke, it's going to be a turnoff. You gotta have, you gotta be able to smoke. That's the key thing with this. On the show and off the show, um, you just you just can't have a you know. Let's say, let me give you an example. Let's say the New York Jacob Javits Center, one of the great convention centers in the world, suddenly said, "Hey, we are gonna we want the cigar show there, right? It ain't gonna happen, right? Come on out. You can smoke on the trade show floor. What do you do after that when you can't smoke anywhere else in New York City? Is gonna be the problem." That that's going to be the problem. So they have to look at you know, and that was what New Orleans was such a thing of like in 2015. That was that was a problem in in general they had with that. They got an exemption for the trade show floor, but you couldn't go smoke in in most places, and it was a hundred like hundred percent humidity a lot of times. <laughs> a lot of these other places at night, you know, outside. Yeah, no, that's true. That's very true. Again, um, at least you could smoke in the casinos right now in Vegas. It's true. That's a huge part of it. You know, the other thing I'll say, Matt, I'm, I'm kind of diverging. Wouldn't it be cool if they if they went to the casino and said, hey, we want to rent out Bar Luca, which is the old circle bar, for, for three nights, like exclusively for our members, right? People would love it. I don't know if the casino would do it, right? But people would love it. Everything has a price. Like, wow, wow you, know, we, you know, we have something and Toscano sponsors it or something like that. I know they're trying to do some of this with the happy hour, but I'm just saying – People love that bar, Luca. It's they are just. It used to be the Circle Bar, and that was just. It's the hub. That's the hub of the show when the trade show floor closes, and they people feel like them. I know people feel like they're missing out or something if they're not there at that hub at night. They feel like, you know, they feel like they're missing something. Here's the thing, too. Proximity. You got the trade show and the hotel all attached. Most people stay there, and if they don't, they stay at Treasure Island or they stay somewhere with quick walking distance. Right. Uh, you can go and you can smoke, go up to your room. The tra- everything's real close together. You do it somewhere else, you're talking about spreading people around more. And I think people – I think one thing is people do like the concept of Las Vegas yeah, because it's like, well, I can be in the hotel and the trade show floor and at the bar all in one place. Bingo. And you, smoke you everywhere. Nailed it. You just nailed it. You just nailed it. So they're really going to have to, to – you know – they're really going to have to figure – and I'm sure they are looking at this. It's because, you know, look, 
Scott's very astute. He knows that, you know, and he's been, look, Scott and Aaron and the board, they've been trying to change some stuff with the trade, you know, with the experience piece. You know, I think that, I think the, I'm, well, I'm not going to probably be at the nightclub, right? It's just not my scene. I still think it's good that they're doing that, right? You want to go to Las Vegas? You know, you want to be a little part of what Las Vegas is about? We got this place uh, that's open and, and you could get in for free if you're, you know, I, I'm all for that. And oh, by the way, you could smoke there. I'm all for that. Um, I think the happy hour thing's better than the after hours lounge. So I think I think they're doing some good things with this. But you know, I, I, you, Matt, you absolutely nailed that. It's the central. Pe- that's what New Orleans lacked in 2015. We had no central place. Everyone was scattered throughout town that night. Orlando had that problem too, by the way. In fairness, with Orlando, you didn't have that. Uh, but everyone hung. Out. A lot of people went to Corona that night. They had the parking lot set up for for us. So, oh yeah, um, tents in the parking lot. Yeah, it, Jay said the board has discussed dozens of venues many times this year. Kevin said the sad part is it's getting harder and harder to find. And then Mitchell says, didn't Scott come out and say that they did a vote to ask folks where they want the trade show, and the large majority was in favor of Vegas. Yeah, but I think there's cost issue with Vegas is the problem. I think there's some cost issues with Vegas. They're they're hidden. Jay said, "Not even close. Vegas, a far number one." I'm not sure if he. I'm not sure what he meant by that. No, I think it's a far number one, and you know, I Be, said this far being far from one or far being the number one. Oh, it's a far number one. I bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Matt, I said this. I think I said this on the show a couple weeks ago. Everyone, you weren't there. Everyone bitched when this moved to the Las Vegas Convention Center. All right. There's nothing wrong with the Las Vegas Convention Center for a trade show, right? The problem was the host hotels. That was the problem they had with that. Like the host hotel just wasn't a great place to have central meeting. That that that's where the problem was with that. And the Sahara is not big enough for us. No. It's big enough for TP, but it's not big enough for us. So so everyone's going over to the what was the used to be the uh, the Westgate? It's called the Westgate. It, that was where people had the problem. Don't you know? So the old International you know, Hotel. Yeah, that that's where the whole problem is. You you nailed this one hundred percent. It's the centrality of the after hours, and and people like the Venetian for a reason. Um, because it works so well, and you're near Treasure Island, Wynn, and Mirage. I mean, you just—it's—it's just, it's an easy—it's—it's—it's it's, it's easy. So, um, yeah, Jay said it's way ahead of number two. Okay, yeah. Uh, Kevin said it too. The centrality of events is why Vegas is so popular in the convention industry. Period. Uh, Jay Davis has said the Las Vegas Convention Center is undergoing a renovation, so it's not available for 2026 for new clients like PCA. Um. Kevin said, Vegas is getting ridiculous on pricing. The new Las Vegas Convention Center expansion is huge, and there are yep. several other hotel properties that could host if Sands doesn't pan out. Uh, there you go, Nic- YTP is doing what they're doing. And Ni- yeah. Nicole and I actually didn't even stay at Sahara for TP. We stayed at Resorts World, where the Stardust used to be, the new Resorts World. Yep. Um, we, we stayed there, and we actually liked it better. We were going to stay at the Sahara, and I, I said, you know what? I don't want to stay there. And I just, well, Sahara, it, Sahara had the Cosbar. Which was the equivalent of Bar Luca, so a circle bar. Yeah, it's just small. It's just smaller is the problem. Smaller. Yep. It's smaller, but that's what people. I know people who they literally like. But Sahara, you had to still take 
it was still a long walk or a monorail ride or a cab ride. Plus, for those who don't know uh, much about Las Vegas, and, and Kevin, who lives in Las Vegas, you know, can chime in. Uh, the north, the northern part of the Strip is the lesser desirable part of the Las Vegas Strip, too. <laughs> um, it, it is. It is. Um, it's getting better, but yeah, it is. Um, he's right. Uh, the southern part's actually the nicest part. Um, southern in the we're middle. In the middle. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really like. I mean, I like. I like the MGM a lot. Um, I like Mandalay Bay a lot. I don't like the Cosmopolitan or the area because the parking's a pain in the ass there. Oh, that's why you don't but, like uh, it. I thought maybe the 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 theme and the lifestyle of those resorts maybe didn't suit. Oh, well, MGM. I'm not, but I'm not one about. I mean, I'm. I'm, I'm I was old. joking. I don't. I don't yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's. Cosmo's it's, a very hip hotel. <laughs> it's yeah, but I'm, it's again, I'm not hip. So, <laughs> I, I I mean, I'm I'm ha we're happy being at the media compound, just chilling at night. But there's people who want the Las Vegas experience. I get that. So I'm an anomaly, is what I like to say. <laughs> Kevin, correct. Anything past resorts world is sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. Once you go past Resorts World. I remember one year mm. uh, the Cigar Federation guys were staying at the uh, Stratosphere. And I know those guys really well. Like John McTavish used to be part of that team. And he just would tell me horror stories about the Stratosphere. But they got it cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Nicole's very first um, trip to Las Vegas years ago before we knew each other. She stayed at the uh the stratosphere i mean and, uh, uh, you know and when i brought her for the first time you know with me i was like yeah no you're gonna have a real vegas experience now <laughs> yeah it's not the not yeah. the best resort <laughs> no and it's so uh, far I away mean, that's the other thing too regardless of everything else the stratosphere is so far away because it's all the way at the end and then you're then you have the little gap of like the kind of the rougher area, and then you have downtown, but you're so disconnected from the rest of the strip where everything else is. The yeah, um, monorail doesn't even go up there. Um, no. you're, you're north of Sahara Boulevard at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's not. Um, I mean, then you have, of course, then you have Circus. I, I don't know how Circus Circus is still around. It's still around. It's still around. What it's, a it, it's 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 a it's a relic. It's one of the, it's one of the originals. It's still there. I don't know how much longer. Well, I think it. I don't know. It sounds like they put some money into it. Kevin can chime in. He's boots on the ground in Las Vegas, so uh, if he knows uh, yeah. something, then. Uh, but I ain't going. To, I ain't going to. Uh, where the place that the, the cigar bar? They built the cigar bar at resorts, right? Yeah, Eight yeah. Lounge. Yeah, but I heard it's not a real conducive place for us. From what I heard, like because again, people are just looking. They're not looking for. It's higher end is what I'm saying. I don't think people are looking for the higher end lounge to go to. I think you can still go there on your own, but I think people want Bar Luca. It's what they want. They Even want, at TPE, want... there was a small percentage of people who were going all the way down to the Venetian to go to Bar Luca at night. And I'm like, I'm like, why are you even down when, there? Even, <laughs> but they well, like no, it. Even when, even when this was at um, the Las Vegas Convention Center, people were going to the Circle Bar. Mm -hmm. I still remember when I reported, I, actually, no one knew that they had gotten rid of the circle bar and I was in Vegas in March and I, I did this story of it's gone. <laughs> like it's, it's, they're replacing it. It was one of the most read stories in the history of cigar coop. I was getting calls from manufacturers. Like I put the story out at night. My phone starts ringing at 5 AM in Vegas. Cause it's eight on the East coast. 
Eric Espinosa calls me. Bro, are they really taking away the circle bar? I'm like, it's gone. <laughs> People were all like, you want to talk about, like, you could take anything, taking that thing away. With, and I don't know if you remember the old, the old circle bar was nicer than Bar Luca. Much nicer because it had these plush couches. Uh, I remember. Really, yeah, it was a I nice, remember. It was, I used to go there before everyone knew about it. And then once everyone knew about it, they're like, yeah. They used to go to this. There's another circle bar. It's just smaller. It's on the 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 circle bar we're talking about is at the plaza, but there's one at the Venetian. Yeah. That's there literally is. a round bar, right? That's where they. That's where everyone. And then everyone discovered the one at the plaza. It, it, the the yeah. secret got out. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember when I was in town for IPCPR 2019, there was also a large population over at Electra, which is in the opposite corner of the casino with the plaza. Um, it's a little more closed off though. Yeah. But I remember when we were at the when we were at the um, convention center, we the one year I didn't have the house, and we were all hanging out at Bar Luca, not Bar the Circle Bar back then. So yeah, Jay Davis, William Cooper, you are confusing the Hooker Bar slash Circle Bar at the Venetian with the Champagne Bar at the Palazzo. That's what I mean. It was the Champagne Bar yeah. is the one that everyone went to, but they call people called the Circle Bar. Then it was the Hooker Bar at the Venetian. Yes. That was the hooker bar, yeah. Jesus, Nicole's like in here really defending her stance for staying at the Strat seven years ago. <laughs> it wasn't Listen, that. No, Nicole, I'm sorry, Nicole. No, no. She just keeps going on and on, and I'm just like, it wasn't really that uh, much McCavish, of a dig. I heard, I heard from those guys so much. Like, why are we staying? And it was an expensive cab ride too to get down to the Venetian. It wasn't cheap when they were staying up there. No, the stratosphere is not an option. I'll tell you what, Nicole. We can go spend three nights at Circus Circus, and you can tell me how much a cheap trip means to you. <laughs> you don't want to go there. <laughs> you don't want to go there. Uh, it's funny. So the last time I was in town, someone's, one of the drivers said to me, because we were at Resorts World, and it's right next door, and I don't even know if I want to say this on the air, so I might might leave some specific details out, but... Um, I just remember being like, "What? <laughs> so random." Uh, we were pulling in this talk of circus, circus. I, I think I was like, oh, "I was like, oh, I can't believe circus, circus is still here." And she was like, "Yeah, well, circus, circus is a very specific clientele, um, that makes them popular." And I was like, "Oh, really?" And she's like, "Yeah, um, there's a certain type of community that likes that hotel, and that's the hotel that they use for all of their sexual meetups." I said, "Ah." That's weird and random. I, I, okay. <laughs> and that was like, and that was it. And I was like, such a random fact. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> well, Kevin's giving a little props to the steakhouse at Circus Circus. Yeah. <laughs> See, Nicole goes, no, 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 no. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Uh, Kevin, I take everything Kevin says with gold. Uh, the, Kevin, the, Kevin is, uh, yeah, he's our boots on the ground now. He's our boots on the ground. Uh, the Steakhouse of Circus Circus is still amazing. Got to get a, what is it, tetanus shot? Oh, tetanus shot to go there, though. Yeah, that's true. It's actually, it's okay. one of the only casinos in Las Vegas, period, that still, I well, as of a couple years ago, Kevin confirmed this for me. Last time I was in the Circus Circus, I think was 2018. And they were the only they, they had coin operated slots, and, and I was like, 
I remember seeing it. Going, what? <laughs> That's weird. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it, it's a relic. It's old, and I am surprised. Yeah. It's still, I'm surprised someone like MGM or someone hasn't bought in the land back and just redeveloped it. But you know, I think it will happen. I actually think it will re-happen at some point because most of these casinos they have a they have a finite lifespan. Mm-hmm. These bit, you know, and they and they do and Frontier. I remember when I was oh. the Frontier was Frontier. Still there and, I remember the Frontier. Yeah. Yeah, Riviera. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, they all have a finite. You know, the other thing that was interesting is Palms. Palms was another interesting place. Like, Alec Bradley tends to stay at the Palms hmm. because they have a relationship with the Maloofs. But the pro- and they did they did a couple things there, and the problem is the Palms is way out of the way if you're on the Strip. It's 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 west of the Strip. Yeah. You can't walk it. I mean, it's it's, it's very It's very place. out of the way. It's more out of the way. Then, like going from Sahara Resorts World to the Las Vegas Convention Center, it's very out of the way. Yeah, yeah, it very much is. Uh, I don't know. Rio, I think, is closing. If I haven't heard, Kevin, maybe I'll confirm that. Travis Pappenheim, I'm glad to hear you enjoyed the pairing that Blanco and I did at the Pro Cigar this this last year. It was my first time working with Blanco, and he is a true professional in the industry. Travis, he is Travis and Jose did a. I'm, I'm telling you, it was one of the best things I ever attended. Um, and it was great. It was it was it was great. Travis is uh really like, I gotta get Travis. I gotta get you on a show by the way, so you, you'll be hearing from me. Mitchell, Hard Rock uh, bought the Mirage. The Mirage is going to be transformed into the new Hard Rock. They're gonna build a guitar-shaped hotel where the volcano is. The original Hard Rock was sold to Virgin and has now been converted to Virgin. Uh, and Jay, the Palms is open, but it's now under new ownership. It's uh, Indian Gaming, I think it's now. So the Maloofs don't have it anymore. No, they sold it. I'll talk to, well, we had a great Alec Bradley media party there one year. Best, I've stayed at the Palms best. before. It's not bad. It's a fun place. I've stayed there too. It's not. It's just out of the way. I didn't stay there during a trade show, so. But yeah, I, I mean, was at another convention, but I stayed there. Yeah. It's it's not bad. Yeah. Um, Kevin, one of, yeah. So for those who don't know, Kevin works for Yesco, which is perhaps the biggest uh, sign company in Las Vegas. For those who don't know, yeah. one of the most famous signs, the Welcome to sign, is a Yesco sign. So. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the glorious things that Kevin does. Um, the party was epic in film aloof suite. Oh. That was unbelievable, that party. <laughs> we had Lars Teetons there that year. Um, I mean, we were just uh, – it was great. It was unbelievable, that that, uh, that suite. Well, Palms is a very party hotel, for those who don't know. It's, 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 it's great. It's a great hotel, yeah. They used to have the Playboy suite. And they had the rooftop pool, the rooftop club. We had a we had a Drew Estate party one year at the MGM on the roof, which was really cool. MGM Grand. Yep. Really. Two thousand. Yep. I was we were there. We had that there one year. Really good place to go. But I think it's gotten tough. I don't think they allow smoking there anymore. Probably not on the roof. Yeah. As far as I know, right now in Las Vegas, the only casino that does not allow smoking in the casino is Park MGM, the old Monte Carlo. Yeah. So getting back to the the original conversation, yeah, I mean, it, Las Vegas, the close proximity of everything, the available smoking space, that's what really makes it desirable. Um, so will it will be interesting to see how they, you know, they look down the road. Now maybe, maybe they can get a couple more. Oh, Cosmos no smoking too, Kevin. I didn't know that. Um, the 
if they can extend with the Sands for a couple more years until the other convention center is done, and maybe they can try there. You know, Jay was mentioning, I think he said Paris was an option, possibly. Um, I think they, I think he said, someone mentioned the Mandalay Bay, um, which I think Good. was a little small. They have a big, but they, they, their convention center can handle us. We, yeah. we used to have our IBM one at Mandalay Bay. Oh, yeah. It can handle it. Mandalay is um, a good size. Yeah, they got rid of my favorite restaurant they'll close at Mandalay Bay in Vegas, so it was Red Square. Is that the, uh, is it Robert Moon? What was that restaurant? Keith Moon? No, not Keith Moon. That's the drummer from The Who. Something Moon. It was a chef. The last name was Moon. He had a restaurant there. I went there a few years ago. That's where they had the, uh, Kevin will know what I'm talking about. There was a restaurant at Mandalay Bay a couple years ago. It's gone now. And it was another. It was a celebrity chef kind of thing. His guy's last name was Moon, and that's where they had the ice cream challenge. So they'll bring you out a thing with like 16 single scoops of ice cream, and you have to guess all of the, um, the flavors. But they're not like conventional flavors. Like some of them are just weird. Like there's sriracha ice cream. You have to like figure it out. And if you guess all of them, like it was free or something like that. Um, I'm trying to remember that was an interesting place. But I think it was predominantly seafood. But the ice cream thing was like their big thing. Um. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of options, and it will be interesting to see where it goes, um, you know, in the future. And I'm sure we'll, we'll I'm get. Gonna, I'm gonna give PCA a vote of confidence here. They're gonna figure this out. They are. Oh yeah. I, 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 have, I have a lot of confidence. Uh, maybe ten years ago, I wouldn't have had the same confidence, but I, I have a lot of confidence this year. I think they 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 got they're they're more in touch, I think, with their uh, membership than they've been in a long time. So. Yeah, I I, I agree, uh, yeah. and and I'm sure we'll get some more information when we actually get there. Um, yep. Mitchell, I'm heading to the Golden Steer when I'm in Vegas. I don't think I've been to that one. Oh, we've been there. Yeah, we we went there. It's really good. Did you go with Carney? No, I went with Skip Martin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Actually, is he? He's not coming to the trade show this year, right? Uh, undetermined. It's undetermined if Romacraft's coming, and then he told me. So it's not a hard no he, right now. It's not a hard no, and okay. but he said if Romacraft's coming, he's not sure he will be there. Interesting. Uh, but he did ask me about the media compound, so hmm. I said, yeah, of course you can. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, Skip pulled the uh, famous all nighter at the at the media compound one year. Really? Oh, I mean, we woke up seven in the morning. He was still out there with a couple of guys, like McTavish and stuff. Yeah. Skip and then went to the trade it, show, right? or was this after the trade show was over? Uh, and then went to the trade show. <laughs> Kevin, that was it. Rick Moonins. Rick Moon and Seafood. Yeah, that was it. I knew it was something. Yeah, yeah it, that, that was it. Ro yeah. Oh, Jay Davis. Roma is coming and has a booth, but they can't sell because they didn't get their OTP. So they can meet with customers, though. Interesting. Yeah. Nicole said we need a media party at the compound. Well, we have that yeah, we'll every night. Yeah. But we can't. We have to. The problem is with the media compound. We can't have it huge because again, someone tried to actually rent it from us one night. We just can't do it because there's there are strict rules about parties. So we we deliberately keep it small for yeah. a reason because it's very um, exclusive. Well, it's not that, but if we get if we get dinged, right? It's an Airbnb. If we get dinged for getting out of control, we can get first we get kicked out of it, and second we get blacklisted in Vegas. So it's it's a problem. We got to be careful with that. I'm gonna put you in the black book. Yeah, you got to be careful with that. That's why we're very careful about, like, you know, you know, like, you know, people like you and stuff. You know, we obviously you guys look at the word of mouth, and 
but we do try and that's why i get pissed when people no show right because i say if you're no show and you're taking a spot away and then we someone else could have been there so we, we really kind of say look make sure you're really going to be there if you come in that night is what we tell people if you're on the fence then that's fine but tell me you're on the fence yeah jj is heading to bear duplicy territory at 245 hour yeah, yeah, we we are. We're we are we're getting towards we're getting towards uh we're, hey we're getting towards bribe time. <laughs> so tonight we're actually in, doing it. We're doing Thursday, a real tune in Thursday night, Jay. Soccer's on at midnight. Yeah, we're we're actually this is actually a real. We're now being taken over. This is more of a cigar coop show because we've gone well past the two hour mark. <laughs> the bear shows have a higher average, is what I'm gonna tell you. Bear has the longest shows. He's actually gotten better with those lately, so. Yeah, but yeah. Now the show's over at one thirty Eastern time, and it's like early. <laughs> yeah, El Oso does. They go late too. Yeah, yeah. yeah he starts a, later to me though too. But yeah, he starts at ten o'clock Eastern, so ten thirty. Ten thirty. Yep. Isn't this the last show before PCA? So it's got to be a long one. It does. It does. There's a lot of topics. Yeah, uh, this was a you know PCA. But people say they don't care. It's the everyone cares about the PCA. They do. And they love the drama associated with it. Um, Fucking Jay. There, there was only one thing that all, took the Cigar Coop website down, and it was CigarCon. Kevin, we can we can have a media party at the ACOP household. Plenty of cigars and booze to go around there. That is an option. That is an option. Yeah, well, yeah. Yep. Um, let's see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Oh, Jay, just keep your mouth shut, will you? <laughs> um, so look, we are getting towards the three-hour mark. We, I think we've we've yeah. we've covered everything and then some. So yeah. we are going to start wrapping this up. It's been it's been a wild ride. You know, we, this has been a really technically a two-parter episode. So in all together, it's almost a five-hour show in yep. two in two parts. Um, yep. But no, it, it's PCA and it's the free it's the free game. You know, there's there's a lot to talk about, a lot to cover. There's a lot of extras. The conversation gets away, but it, it is good stuff. Um, and there's a lot of excitement. I, for me, going into this trade show this year, it feels it feels like it's a bigger deal compared to last year. There's a lot more going. Yeah, there's more enthusiasm than I've seen in a long time. This is going to be a real actual Super Bowl kind of show. Uh, there's a, there's a lot more action I think happened last year. Was it was good, but there was a lot of I think there's a big asterisk next to it, not in a negative way, but just it was very different. Um, it was much smaller and just a lot of, a lot of things just outside of all of our control. The, the yeah. pandemic stuff was it hindered everybody. This year though, the the, the there's there's a lot of energy. This is a big deal this year, so it, 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 there should be a big build-up to it, you know, rightfully so. Um, so I, I think it is, you know, it's justified. A uh, um, couple of more, uh, PCA, Jay Davis. A uh, PCA will have more retailers than it has had in the last six to seven years. I have high hopes this year. This is, yeah, this is going to be a big show. I, just, we were, I mean, curious to see day three and four. We'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, is and is day four still a half day? Yes. Yeah. Same hours too. Same hours. Okay. Uh, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. So yeah, it, it's it, it is a lot. It's a big deal. This is our last our last hurrah before the show. Uh, yeah, and then we'll be doing post game. We'll be doing our post game. So 
I'll tell you that post game show might be long too, though. I mean, as as big as this show is, it's I think it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot to recap later. So agree, and agree. I, I'm definitely going to make sure I get Nicole on that show. I really hope I can get her squared away for that one, because uh, yep. it would be nice to have her on. Day three, people will leave to buy burritos. Ooh, shots fired. <laughs> yep, shots fired. Um, Kevin, the one. The ones that took the time to go last year really benefited. This year should be epic. I think so. That's, that's a fair statement. Uh, but, Coop, before we wrap up, anything else you want to say, anything we want to cover, whatever you want to add to the show before we wrap it up? No. No, I think we got everything. I think we're good. Okay. Wow. That was, that was a nice solid answer right there. I thought maybe you were still going to lead into something else, but no. Okay. No, no, I think we got everything and more. If, and more. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for Spare Notes on Saturday night. It was a long one, but thanks for, for tuning in with us. Thanks for listening. Um, Smoking Tobacco Show live Thursday night. The Roundtable. Coop is going to be there. How about that cigar will be there. Eloso Fumar will be there. Um, that's our last minute, you know, hey, what do we expect to see and all that. Um, and then Coop has primetime. you got Saka coming on and Carney coming on. Yeah, we're doing a – we're going to start a little earlier on that one. At nine, um, so I'll be kind of going right over there. Uh, Pete Johnson's on, Terrence Riley, uh, the Quivises are on, Oliver and possibly Nelson will be on. So we have a full, we have eleven companies coming on that one. So uh, we'll have a lot going on with that. So between our show and your show, that's a Thursday night. Make sure you don't have anything going on because there's a yep. lot going on. That's gonna be that's gonna close it out probably for unless we do one more jukebox show. But uh, for Coop, yeah. Yeah, after that show, that's it. Packing yep. it all up. <laughs> yep. So, yep. Um, all right, guys, that's going to do it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts on all of the major podcast networks and apps out there. Listen along to us. If you have any questions or any feedback, don't hesitate to email me at Matthew at SmokingTobacco.com. If you get to head over to SmokingTobacco.com, you can go to the Contact Us page, too. Um, and submit your, if you have questions that you want us to answer on the show or questions you want us to ask each other, whatever it is, please contact us. We'll bring those up. You guys do a fantastic job in the comments too. Um, but whatever you guys want to do, feel free. It's always there. I just want to bring that up because I, I always forget and it is a useful tool. So uh, just thank you for everyone. And uh, we will see you after PCA. Take care, everybody. Thank you for spending your time with us at Smokin' Tobacco. Please remember to like and subscribe for more episodes and content. And as always, visit SmokinTobacco.com for news and updates from the cigar industry.